right, welcome back to the I'm There podcast, guys. I'm your host, Freyway, and I'm here with my co-host, Kenny. And today we are talking about One Piece, the Wano arc, and I guess One Piece in general has been a while. But before we jump into today's episode, I want to give a shout out to the many people who have subscribed to us on Patreon. Uh, the fucking people have been rocking with us the hardest. And they're in the I Am Nerd podcast Discord. They're putting their money where their mouth is. And so without further ado, we have Connie, Austin, uh, Leon, Quest, Garen, Xavier, Hylian, TCG Automotive, Silver Chronic, Tyree, Dimitri, Alexander Brissett, Vinny, uh, Giovanni Avalos, Game for Yoshi, Alex Flamer, Gabe Marini, Andre, uh, CJ, Dubkdad1, Saul at Dabbers Gaming Cafe, Dan Vrabel, Dennis Milburn, Joseph, Marcelo, Scott Page, Red Vines, First to Home, Thales Verneris, Tom Watabiki, S. Akuma, Mitchell Naus, uh, Athor, Midwest Gaming, and William Shapiro. So those last two, Midwest Gaming, shout out to Joe Dietrich for subscribing to the Patreon uh, recently. He showed me that he can actually write it off on his taxes. So that was pretty cool. He won a remote dual YCS, right? Yes, he was on the podcast. He won a remote dual YCS. And he played against the other guy we had on. Hold on. I remember his name, I promise. Tommy Rowe. That's what I said. Okay. <laughs> I think, yeah, he did play against Tommy in the finals. Yeah. And then w- William Shapiro, one of my close friends, uh, kind of taught him everything he knows about Yu-Gi-Oh! And so, yeah, he's a, he's a local. He's a local. So it's about time that he got on, on with the Patreon wave as well. But shout out to you guys, all, everyone that is currently on there. We are going to record the extra episode for April uh, that is Patreon exclusive. So if you guys don't know... Some of the episodes are literally only on Patreon and the people in the I'm their podcast discord get to uh, choose what those episodes are going to be about. So I pretty much ask a question like every time we're getting close to that time and ask for topics and they throw out a bunch and then I just pick one. And that's pretty much pretty much how it goes. So, yeah. Anyways, uh, we do want to talk about One Piece today. This this has been a crazy month for me, the month of April. I was really far behind on One Piece. I was 120 chapters behind, which actually is a couple years behind. Yeah. Well, first of all, before we go any further, I want to just get the obligatory. I'm sick. So if I sound like shit, I'm sorry. I don't... I'm there. I'm here today. Yes. So give me one oh. second. I'm going to switch over to headphones. I just realized you were coming directly out of my computer speakers and there might have been an echo. Damn. So, so uh, well, <laughs> there's that. Um, whatever but well well, you would have heard i guess you didn't hear yourself back no but i didn't hear you back but i hear people in my head and no i'm not crazy (laughs) my headset i don't know if it's on a bad line or what but i get feedback there's this fucking loser that lives somewhere in my neighborhood i don't know but he has like a radio and he talks to people on like this radio like old school 60s shit and he like talks to people on this ham radio on whatever frequency and for whatever reason my headset picks up that frequency so i hear this loser in my head <laughs> once a day whenever i put my headset on so if if you see the video i actually just took one of my earphones off because in the middle of fraser talking i heard and then like the fucking guy comes on like hey this is mr potato head from south Yo, you have to be getting trolled there's no fucking way every time we record this podcast at seven o'clock on Wednesdays and Sundays, that this guy happens to just get on his fucking radio and start ranting. There's no way he's hacking your shit. I'm Dude, telling I you. hate it. I hate it so. He's hacking much. the shit out of you right now. There's no way. I don't believe he this. He just comes on and he's just talking. And the one day, like two weeks ago, 
he was like, yeah, he was arguing. So I only ever hear his side of the conversation, but he was arguing. With he somebody, was arguing just with himself yelling at them to troll probably. the fuck out of you. I think I hate that him. this guy is trolling you. I think it's someone you know, and they somehow left something on your computer where they're just hacking into your. I don't Discord. know, but they I know. truly like you know. I, I don't really do this wish death on anybody, but like I truly hope he dies. <laughs> like, I just want him to die. You've so said, you've said bad. this to me so many times. Like you've been wishing death on this guy for the last couple of weeks. I just want him to die. Like he's got to be old, right? Only like a super old head is like hanging out in his fucking garage playing with a radio. You are on one today. This is this is how we're starting, guys. And I'm not editing any of this out, so y'all gonna get no, all of this. This is what it is. Yeah, y'all know what we're like at this point. This is like episode 65, I think. I don't even know. Is this 65? This might be 66. Actually. I don't know. I just know episode 69 is about hentai. Yes, but. this is episode 66. We are really quickly approaching 69. So, but, uh, be prepared for Anyway, that. all that to say, 120 chapters behind... That's more than a year. So that's more than two years. I was about to say, it's more than two years. If you figure there's 52 weeks in a year, right? So that means at maximum, there's 52 chapters. There's not 52 chapters in a year because Oda goes on breaks. I think the average chapters a year is between 30 and 40. Sometimes it's like 35. Sometimes it's 39. But in general, there's between 30 and 40 One Piece chapters a year. So 120 chapters behind. Yeah. He's hella behind. It was, I didn't realize how far behind I was in One Piece because I actually started reading the Wano arc a while ago, I guess three years ago. And I think the pandemic just is kind of distorting my timeline in real life. Yeah. Like, I feel like like the reality is we've been in this thing for two years now, over two years now. And it does feel weird because I keep thinking of the pandemic as one year. Yeah, it's right? not. But now it's not like it's it's not one year. It's so. been it's been an actual two years. Like yeah. it started for me the day I got sent home from work was March like eleventh two thousand twenty and yep. we are past March eleventh two thousand twenty two which would have been a two year mark so it's been a it's been two years and a month uh pretty much now and it's just insane so I didn't realize that I was this far behind on One Piece which is so I just can't believe that I didn't read any One Piece in two years or I think what really happened is I was already behind. And I probably caught up somewhere in the pandemic. I probably read a lot of chapters and said, this is still a lot and just stopped again and didn't go back to it. Because again, I read a lot of the Wano arc or so I thought that shit's still going though. And Mm -hmm. it was amazing. But then for whatever reason, I kind of stopped and I said, you know what? I'll I'll pick this back up and I'll just binge it again or whatever. But now I'm fully caught up and I did. I caught up. I've read 120 chapters and I want to say 10 or 11 days. It was really fast. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't long. I was going to say like a week, but yeah, probably it a little bit It might have been a week, but I don't want to sound like that crazy. It legit yeah. might have been a week because technically in our messages, since I started messaging you the day I restarted, mm-hmm. I would message Kenny screenshots of ridiculous shit that I saw yeah. every chapter, like every time. And it got to a point where I was like, yo, I'm kind of sorry if this is overwhelming because I'm just messaging you something that you've already read, you've already seen before. But he was like, no, it's cool. You can message me as much as you want. I love this shit too. Like it's fine. Yeah, yeah, it's so hype. Yeah, so and yeah, it's been. Amazing. Also, you got to figure like some of the shit you're messaging me, right? Is stuff I read two years ago. Yeah. So it helps as like a refresher too. Yes. There's this arc's really fucking long, and it's it's funny because before recently, there's this this cycle that One Piece arcs go through with the fan commute with the the fandom where. 
whatever the current arc is, is the worst arc in One Piece. It happens every fucking time. So, like, since I've gotten current with Fishman Island, for example, I've noticed, like, because once you're current is when you can look up One Piece on the internet, yeah, right? Yeah, like, I'm fine now. Now, when I type in One Piece, I'm not afraid. I was so afraid exactly. for the last several months to type in One Piece. Exactly. So, once you're current, you're allowed to see One Piece on the internet. Once that happens, you'll notice every single arc, and you can go back and find the Reddit threads for Fishman Island, Punk Hazard, Dressrosa, Zoe, Whole Cake Island, and Wano. At some point, people said, oh, this is the worst arc in One Piece. Like, something happens where, like, people just kind of get, I guess, fatigued or tired or whatever, and uh, people just start hating on the arc for no reason. And then, like, four months after the arc's over, people go, you start seeing threads of people saying, um, is Whole Cake Island really that bad? How come people don't like it? I read it, and it's amazing. And the comments are always like, people were just hating on it while it was coming out. Anyway, my point is, Wano, before very recently, there was people that were saying, like, oh, man, I don't know, Wano sucks. And then, like, some recent shit happened, and then everybody was like, yo, did you, did you, did you read One Piece? I want to jump in here because I do frequent Reddit for One Piece because One Piece is such a fun community to be a part of, and you always find these interesting theories or questions that you might have in your head that get answered but by people who just have read it so many times, they actually know what happened 100 chapters ago or 500 yeah, chapters yeah. ago. Yeah. So I do like doing that, and I have seen differing opinions about Wano, but in general, all the arcs that you named, I've enjoyed them. You know, like, for me, Dress Rosa might be one of the weaker arcs, but I still enjoy Dress Rosa in general. Like, it yeah. just it just dragged for me. But I still liked it a lot. Like, don't get me wrong. That arc to me is still amazing. And every arc I've ever seen from One Piece, I don't really know. Maybe I'm just such a fanboy and I'm just going to defend it because I'm such a fanboy. But I That's don't the thing. think there's a I, bad they're arc. Not, they're not bad arcs. What it is, is that I think people, I think what it is, is just people get at some point you get like a little fatigue because it is really fatigue. long. I understand so sometimes you get sure. fatigued, and so I think people, you know how the internet is, they get hyperbolic, and they're like, this shit's terrible. But then, like, a year later, you hear people saying, like, oh, it's fucking amazing. Like, now, pretty much nobody has anything bad to say about Whole well, Cake. Well, I think... I remember when I was current with Whole Cake, people were fucking complaining every day, and I was like, y'all need to relax. I think that people should just take breaks then. Like, that's what I do. When I, Whenever One Piece, for me, it seems like it's being very drawn out, or it's moving at a pace that I'm just kind of like, all right, like... You know, whatever, right? Like the whatever pace. It's where yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, a chapter comes out and then Oda takes a two-week break and it's like, okay. Yeah. Once you get to that point, you're just kind of annoyed. You need to just step back for a couple months and then binge it and you'll love it again. That's what I've been doing to pace myself because when I first started reading One Piece, I think it was 2016. When I first started reading That's One Piece, right. yeah, when I first started reading One Piece, I think it was 2016, I read 600 chapters in yep. two months. 600 chapters in two months. It was wild. I actually just binge watch a lot. Like I think my whole One Piece journey has been binging constantly. Um, yeah, yeah. But I enjoy reading it. I'm I'm more of a reader than I watch the anime. And like now, I watch right. the anime a little bit more because the animation has gotten a lot better. I like the voice acting. I like a lot of the things, but I like the little sound effects they have that's so unique to One Piece. Like it sounds so old. Yeah, yeah. Uh, a lot of things are unique to the One Piece anime. That modern anime, they're just so so high on quality. In the animation sphere, you think about Demon Slayer, you think about Attack on Titan, you think about Jujutsu Kaisen, right? They're blowing everything out the water when it comes to animation, although their stories, for the most part, are nowhere near the level and depth of One Piece and its character development. So, 
<laughs> something that's interesting that you said about watching the anime and reading the manga. So for me, I like, so I read the manga for One Piece semi-currently. Like sometimes I'll read it weekly. Yeah. Sometimes I'll read it monthly. You know, sometimes I'll take a three month yeah. break, but I've been current with One Piece since Fishman Island. And sometimes I'll take like a break for four months. And sometimes but I'll that's, read it. it's good to know that you, because you love One Piece a lot too. And it's good to know that you also do take breaks like that. I didn't know you took a four month break ever in your life. Like I didn't know. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. When I got, so for example, when Wano started, I read all of Act One of Wano, like current. Yeah. I was current with Wano up until Act One. And then when Act One ended, I was like, I'm just going to take a break until Wano's done. Yeah. And then I just took a break for like a while. And then this is what always happens though. Whenever you take a one piece break, right? Sometimes it's just like it just happens naturally. But you take a one piece break, whatever, and then at some point the rumbling start. And people go, yo, did you? Did yeah. You well that's what happened to me. <laughs> Obviously this is going to be talking about the latest chapters. We are currently up to chapter 1046. So yeah. 1046 is currently the newest chapter, I believe. I don't think 1047 has come out yet. I'll um, just double check, but yeah, I'm pretty sure we're at 1046. I'm up, to, yeah. So I'm up to 1046. We are going to be talking about everything that happens in the manga up to that point. So everything is on the table. There's nothing off limits for this this particular podcast. So just be warned. We haven't said anything super spoiler spoilery yet. I don't know if that's a word, but I'm making it one. Uh, but we will be talking about spoilers for the manga. Uh, for all of Wano up to chapter 1046. Yep. So there's that. Is 1047 out? Just no. Okay, good. So that means that I am current, you're current. Uh yeah, this this arc is my favorite arc of One Piece ever so far. I, I'm gonna be honest. Mm. It's not even over yet, but because dog, because of so many things that have happened in this arc, I think this to me, I'm I'm the opposite. One of the I, best. I think this is the best One Piece arc I've ever yeah, read. Yeah. And it's you know what it is? It's because Oda is you I can feel it. It's actually wrapping up. I can yeah, actually dog. feel One Piece coming to an end for the first time. Like when you when you finish Dress Rosa, I don't feel like One Piece was coming to an end. Nope. When you re- when you finish uh, Cake Island, I didn't feel like One Piece was coming to an end. When I read Wano, I actually feel it now. I feel an ending in sight. Like it's there. It's finally there. One of my close friends asked me. They were like, "Everybody always says that." Like blah blah, and I was like, "No, no, no, no. Yeah. You can feel." You can feel that, like, because a long-going joke for One Piece was, like, we're at the halfway mark. Yeah, and yeah. It, it felt like every year people were like, oh, no, this is, we're halfway. And people just said it every year. It's like, well, we can't be halfway every year. Yeah, we can't. Um, but now it feels like we're far past halfway. Like, it I feels think, like we're at three-fourths. I like, don't know if this is 100% accurate. I remember reading something that said Oda confirmed that the story is, there's only, like, 20% more of the story left. Yeah, like we, I couldn't put a chapter number on it. Like somebody I mean, it, said, like, exactly. is it going to be over in thirty chapters? It's like, like no. no, but it's going to be years. No. Is there still? It's still going to the one piece. The one piece. Yeah, it's not going to be over on. next year. Yes, but you can feel that. And granted, you have to remember, like we're talking about, like the scale of One Piece is huge. Like it's something that's been going on since nineteen ninety six. Ten forty six. We're on chapter ten forty six. Yeah. So and Kenny already said that chapters you might get forty chapters a year. So think about how many years might, it takes. Yeah. You might get forty chapters a year. Think about how many years it takes to get to ten forty six. Right? Like that's a lot of fucking time. And you said it started in nineteen ninety six. I believe ninety six is when the manga started. So yeah, just to put it in perspective, if anyone but, was wondering. But all of that said, it you can legitimately feel like 
oh, we're moving toward end game. Like this is there's so many signs that are indicative of moving towards the end game. Uh, for one, Luffy is he was declared a Yonko, right? Uh, a while ago. And that title is pretty insane. When he got it, I was I was like, oh, shit, that's that's nuts. Like, that is yeah. an insane thing for the main character to be considered the same, like not literally the same, but on the same level as Whitebeard in terms of title. Like he's considered an yeah, emperor yeah. of the sea. Like Luffy is an emperor now. Like he's fully in. But it when they when they first said that he was a Yonko in the manga, obviously it wasn't literally on like he's on the same level as someone like Whitebeard, like Kaido, like Big Mom, and Blackbeard. And I think that what this arc is doing, specifically with this arc is fucking accomplishing is showing you that luffy is actually a fucking yonko now he might be stronger than all of them like it's He's insane it's possible you know, that he is actually fucking strong by the end of this arc his bounty has to because they reveal kaido's bounty they get they actually gave the bounty of every yonko oh so much happened in this fucking arc this arc is insane. so much this so arc much. is so insane go ahead something else they did that i thought was cool is so the arc's really long and so that's something people got to take into perspective. When the arc starts pretty early on, like in Act One of the arc, Luffy fights Kaido and gets washed. That's where I stopped. So I want to just say that I watch One Piece through this uh, website that I don't know who gave it to me. It might have been you, but what, like One Piece, where they cut out the filler and you can just download the files or, you know, stream it or whatever from the website. But it's called One Piece. And it's really helpful. They're not all the way current in the Wano arc, but they are. They got a good chunk of it. And I wanted to watch it because I knew that, you know, a fight was coming up at some point and I wanted to see a lot of it animated, but I obviously don't want to see any like of the padding that they do in the anime when you watch it week to week where they just, there's a lot of scenes where they just kind of stare off for a very long time and do nothing just to make the yeah. episode 22 minutes. Dude, um, I wish One Piece was fucking done by by the studio that did attack on titan or demon slayer or jujitsu kaisen like i wish I, I wish one piece was done by them bro i couldn't imagine if one piece was done by a ufo table or any like honestly any any madhouse any studio yeah, if any studio ever picked up one piece to a redo or something that would just be nuts i mean we a boy can only dream but i'm still satisfied with the anime that i've watched so far of it oh yeah especially for this arc and yeah, Act 1, like you said, it ends with him clashing with Kaido. Also, full disclosure for me, I knew when Kaido was first introduced, there was a random chapter hundreds of chapters ago. When yep. they were t- it just happened. It it's was one so- of my favorite chapters in One Piece. Oh, I love it. I love it. There's a random chapter where they talk about this guy who's trying to kill himself. Oh, dude, it's so fucking good. <laughs> they talk about how many times he's been cat Like... The way, because you don't know what they're talking about. It, I really think it's one of the best chapters because it's just like a narrator talking. And yes. He's like, this man has been captured by the government thirty-two times, and they've every time they hung him, the chains broke. They shot him. They tried to drown. Like they talk about all the ways that they tried to he's kill been this jumping guy off the cliffs, and how this guy tried killing himself, yep. and like all the shit, and how he's never successfully killed himself, and then they show. This guy way up in the sky, like fucking 10,000 meters in the sky or whatever, on like a sky island. And he's like praying. And they show Urog of the worst generation. He's like the mad monk Urog. And uh, they're like praying for him or whatever. And then he jumps off and you see him fall. It's so good. And you could tell he looks broken. The silhouette that they give you when you first see him, 
you just know that he's ridiculous. We already knew like a big mom and stuff. Like we knew of these these Yonkos that were out there, but we didn't see them yet. They're not in Marine Ford at all. You just see Shanks, Whitebeard, Blackbeard. Those are like the the three at the time. Uh, I guess Blackbeard wasn't necessarily at the time, but then he becomes one really quickly after that, right? So yeah. I mean, he gets that fucking quake quake fruit, and he be, he takes Whitebeard's place, so to say. And so now you have these are your four Yonko, but you didn't see they didn't blatantly show Big Mom yet. They just showed a silhouette, and mm-hmm. she she ate a person. I remember. And then they, this is Kaido's introduction, which comes way after the big mom and silhouette. And it's just so random when you're just reading one piece and this random chapter comes out of nowhere and it's so exciting. And then the next thing they show, he faces off against the supernovas. Yeah. He comes out from a crater that he creates <laughs> and it's, it's fucking kid, uh, Basil Hawkins and, um, I think Scratchman up who, yeah, cause it's yeah. the three of them. Cause they were talking about making an alliance. And then fucking Kaido comes out from the crater and the three like and <laughs> and you know, it's bad. They're so small compared to him. He is so outrageously big compared to they look like children to him. It's ridiculous. Yeah, Kaido. So, Kaido's ridiculous. I'm just absolutely blown away by this entire arc for so many different reasons, not only because obviously the Joy Boy reveal is huge and we're going to get to that eventually, but that is huge. I think the fact that Luffy is actually on par with Big Mom and Kaido now is so insane. That's what I was building up to saying. Something I like is that the arc starts off and it makes it clear that Luffy is not on Kaido's level. But the arc's so long and there's so much time spent and he gets in so many fights and like he goes he does like training arcs during the arc and you see him training and practicing and he gets like a little teacher and so much stuff happens that by the time you get to the part where they rematch. It's it becomes believable that Luffy's able to swing like throw hands with him. And I want to say this too: it wasn't like Luffy was so much weaker than Kaido when they first fought. If we're being honest, he was able to damage Dragon Kaido. He knocked da- like he knocked Dragon Kaido out of that form. He fucking hit him so hard in the head. And yeah, yeah, no yeah. one, no one else in Wano was doing nothing. They weren't doing that. That just wasn't mm-hmm. happening. Luffy went fucking gear forth and Giganto fisted on top of uh, Kaido's head and sobered him up, sent him back into his human form, which is not easy to do. Like again, regular people can't do that. So it's not like Luffy was a peon to this guy. It's like, yeah, he's yeah, strong. Yeah. I think Luffy's main thing was that he relied only on the hockey that he knew. Yep. And he didn't even know that there was this other t- technique that had actually always been in a show for a very long time, they went back and showed flashbacks of uh, Rayleigh using it. And Sabo. Sabo. There's a lot of people who have been breaking chains and, and cuffs and all types of slavery equipment using this Rio technique that Odin is a master of and the Samurais are a master of that Luffy had no idea it even existed. He had mm-hmm. no idea. And I think that's such a cool thing. It's like, you're not weak. Luffy is strong, even when he's imprisoned in this arc. So after he loses the Kaido, he gets bodied by Kaido really easily. And once he goes to the human form, he gets Thunder Bagua, and that's just it. it. I mean, it knocks him the fuck out. But then he's still able to use Conqueror's Hockey unconscious, which is a feat in itself. But again, he was able to damage Kaido. I think that's so important to point out. So it's not like a stretch. It's not like Krillin beat Frieza. After yeah, tra- yeah, it's yeah. not like Krillin. It's not like Krillin trained. And then like, oh, now he can fight free. That did not happen. Like he will never, Krillin will never be on Frieza's level. And we get that. But Luffy was already diesel as fuck. He knows hockey. Gear 4th is insane. He took out a Shichibukai with it. A former Shichibukai, Doflamingo. So he's like pretty strong overall. He just didn't have that extra thing. 
he also like Katakuri is absurd. I don't know how strong Katakuri is compared to Big Mom, but like yes. Katakuri is absurd. <laughs> it, I also think about this. It's a good thing that he's not with them because Big Mom is in this arc oh. too. There's a there's a lot of reasons why I think this is the best arc of One Piece, and it's my favorite arc of One Piece. Is because I, something that I never thought I would see is happening. I didn't even. It's not even that I wanted it. I didn't necessarily know I wanted Big Mom and Kaido in one arc. I didn't know I wanted yeah, yeah, that. Yeah. I didn't know I needed that. But both are true. And yep. Big Mom came with some of her children. Uh, Katakuri, luckily, is not here. And Thank fucking because God. Because he is actually on a different level from pretty much everyone else I've seen. So I've been really keeping my eyes on King and Queen, specifically, because they made them yeah. out to be ridiculous. Their bounties are over a billion. And they're part of a little trio, right? The All-Stars. And where is the superstars? I forget which one it is. It's I think so. <clears throat> this is a bit of a problem with reading, with being like weekly current with One Piece is that translations change over time. They do, and I've had all so kinds of issues. I've heard them called like the lead performers. I've heard them called like yeah, the all stars. So it's yeah, I'm not a hundred percent sure what they're called. Yes, but Jack is one of them, and then there's King and yeah. Queen, and they're ridiculous. You already knew Jack was ridiculous because he leveled. Like he just he's he's out out of control. Yeah, they're also like I like that there are three like their their subtitles are like calamities. Like it's Jack the Drought, yes. Queen, I forget what Queen, but Queen is something to do with a the virus, plague, or something, or, or the, yeah, like Queen the plague, the or something. blight. It might be the blight or something. It's something yeah. like that, like the famine or the blight or something along yeah. those lines. <laughs> yeah. It's really cool though. Yeah, they their names are actually uh, disasters, like you said, which I think is there's so many little things about about how uh, names are done in One Piece that I think is really just amazing. You also find out that Jack is like their little brother. Like he's the younger one. He's the weaker one. Yeah. In that 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 trio, which is by itself ridiculous. That is such a ridiculous th- uh, thought because you saw him already. He's a mythic zone and like what he's a, a mammoth and he's yeah. just ridiculous. The first time you see him and he levels O is so bad like you realize that there's characters out there and that are way too strong and he's a subordinate of kaido so you're like god damn if this guy is this strong like how strong is his boss and you meet people like katakuri who are just next level a logia user i i still to this day honestly that is the one fight in one piece out of all the fights that luffy has won that is the one that i just i think he really should have lost like personally (laughs) <laughs> Luffy should not have beaten Katakuri. I stand by this ever since I've ever watched and read it. Katakuri just had Luffy beat. Like, Luffy just kept getting up. And it's just kind of ridiculous. It's like, okay, I get it. Luffy's the main character. He's going to win a lot of fights. That's <laughs> that's kind of a show. It's a shonen thing, right? Never give up. Yeah, but yeah, Luffy yeah. literally got... I think that might have been the worst beating he ever got. Because even when he lost to uh, Kaido, it was, like, it was one hit. It wasn't anything. But he fought Katakuri. And Katakuri just kept showing him, like, yo... I can do everything that you can do, but better. Like you can do Gatling. I can do Gatling too, but instead of using my two arms, I can just multiply and make 20 arms. Yep. <laughs> so it was, that fight's amazing. Don't get me wrong. I just think that the outcome of the fight should have either been, they both pass out completely and there's no, what is like a draw or Luffy just straight up loses. And like, he gets, you know, he gets, he survives some other kind of way, that type of thing. But I don't think that he should have been Katakuri. I think Katakuri is just, he's, that guy's, he fucking has the shine gun. You can see, like, I don't know, three three or four seconds into the future, literally. It's so ridiculous. He's so broke. But yes, good thing he's not good thing he's not in this arc at all. So far. 
because he would change the actual like landscape of everything. I don't think they're already having such a hard time surviving with just Big Mom and Kaido being in the same arc. Mm-hmm. I I can't imagine all of her children there. And they did Oda did a really good job too, don't you think? Like not letting Big Mom come into Wano completely as herself with all her children and land perfectly safe. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. The way they did it with the amnesia and uh King kind of knocking her boat backwards, you know, like <laughs> it keeps happening. And then Marco does it too, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh that's really important. I think that that's cool that you can't they make it clear. It's not like this is a thing that Oda did out of nowhere. It's not an ass pool. They, they made it clear that Wano's hard to get to. Yeah. That they, even uh, an emperor of the sea has trouble yes. landing on Wano. Like, even Big Mom has trouble landing on Wano. When the Straw Hats landed on Wano, they, like, immediately got separated. Yes. Wano is a really big deal to even get to. And this all has to do with how Wano operates. The geography of it is so important. It's been a closed off country for a very long time. It's been closed mm-hmm. off from the rest of the world. It has its own government and jurisdiction. Like no one fucks with Wano. It's its own separate entity. It, it it's, it's cool because it's samurais too. And I noticed that in Japanese shonens and, and lore in general, it seems like the samurai group is always separated from the rest of the world. And the thing about Naruto, yeah, yeah. you remember when I randomly came across samurai in Naruto? Like uh, out of nowhere, Hanzo and stuff like that. And they were yep. completely separate from the ninjas. It's like a whole different thing. It's like just it's, like a different, yeah. So in One Piece, it's the same thing. The samurais exist outside of the pirates. They're not They're not what you would call pirates, even though one of the most notable samurai, Odin, is actually, you know, he ended up being a pirate, but it, it was forbidden. Like, he wasn't allowed to do that. You're not allowed to leave the country. There's all of this stuff about, like, Wano being closed off. So it makes sense that not many people have been to Wano, and not anyone can just waltz into fucking Wano. Like, it's not something that you can just go... You can't just go to it. You can't just be like, I'm just going to this island. It's not like that. As far as I know, Wano's been closed off from the rest of the world for 800 years, I want to say. Yes. So. Yeah, it's been, a, it's been a very, very long time. And I, so I really like the fact that the geography plays such a big part in the storyline of this arc. Like, it's not just, oh, we wanted to find a way to make Big Mom not be able to get there easily so that that way it's not just causing a bunch of ruckus. It's like, no, it's genuinely hard. And we want to show you that it's hard for everyone, including an emperor of the sea. So I thought that was just a really yeah. cool, cool detail that I was expanding upon. If Big Mom has trouble getting there, it shows there's a reason why the world government can't just go there and take Wano over, right? Because Throughout the series, it, it's kind of clear that the world government, in a way, wishes that they had control over Wano. Yes. It's clear that they can't just go in there and do it, because, first of all, Kaido is stationed there, and regardless of whether or not the world government thinks they could come out on top with a war against Kaido, they know that even if they were to win that war, there would be a lot of loss like on their side. Yes. And the way Wano's geography is set up, where it's kind of elevated, right? It's really hard. Yeah. It's in such an awkward place. It's hard to attack something like that. Think about uh, Game of Thrones, the Eerie. So mm-hmm. if you remember the Eerie, which is uh, Catelyn Stark, she had her sister, and her sister was the crazy one who had the moon door. The whole point about the Eerie, though, was that it's impenetrable. And there's that one lower uh, bronze says, give me 20 good men and a couple swords, and I'll impregnate, and I'll the, impregnate bitch. the bitch. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's a really good line. But the point of it was that its geography made it impossible for an army to attack it. And if you look at Wano's yeah. geography, they show a map of it a lot. If you look at Wano's geography, before you get to the top where you can actually land on it, not you're going against sea kings and shit, 
Like it's impossible. You gotta go up a waterfall to get yes. to Wano. Yes, you can't just so it's really, really difficult to even have an army attack Wano. Like you would not be successful in that venture. It's just not something mm-hmm. that's uh feasible. So that's really cool that the geography is such a big deal of it. Anyway, Big Mom does eventually get there, but when she lands on shore, she completely forgot who she is. And uh, she runs into, well, I guess I should say, they run into Chopper. And It's a, a pretty silly amnesia arc. Like, yeah. it was just like a funny, yeah, it was just like funny, I don't know. Yeah, because she's, she's actually pretty polite. And, yeah. <laughs> and gener- she's generous. Um, she's a nice person in general when she lost her memory. Like, everything was, she liked Oshiraku, which is, uh, I had to look it up because I didn't know what they were saying. And in my translation, I just literally put it as Oshiraku, but then I looked at it as like red bean soup. And apparently mm-hmm. it's pretty sweet. So yeah. I've never had it, but now I'm interested in it because they made it such a big deal throughout this arc. Queen loves it as well. It's his favorite food. And Big Mom is not necessarily her favorite thing, but she does love it because it's a sweet, obviously. So you know how she goes yeah. up for sweets. But she runs across a couple of the villages. Mind you, Wano has been ransacked and enslaved. And it's been become a bunch of ghettos surrounded by a very rich castle. Essentially, that's how mm-hmm. Wano is structured now. It didn't used to always be like that 20 years ago, but since Orochi, by the way, fuck that guy. Fuck Orochi. I just want to throw that out there. I used to send messages to Kenny every night saying, I need him to get his bad. Like, I need Orochi to get what's coming to him in the worst fucking way. I hate that guy. But because of his little slime ball snake, which I guess is literally what his devil fruit is, because of his little snakey ass, Wano has become just destroyed. It's, it's, it's really bad what they've done to it. They've enslaved everybody who's there. The people don't have clean water. They don't have enough food. That's kind of how Luffy stumbles yeah. upon the island himself. So that's that's a big part at the start of Wano is that, first of all, it used to be a very beautiful place, but he's put up all these factories that have, that polluted, have polluted, the, yes. polluted the water, polluted the land, polluted some of the farmlands. But it's created the capital to be so luxurious but all of these outskirts have been punished severely where a character we get introduced to very early on, Otama. Yes. There's a part where she almost dies because she, she's been starving. She hasn't had anything to eat in days. And so like she drinks the water, even though she knows the water's polluted and uh, like she nearly dies from drinking the water. Yeah. It's, it's really fucked up and it, you know, it kind of has allusions to real life. You think about stuff like Flip Michigan and, they still don't have clean drinking water. It's been years. It's, it's that same exact type of storyline. Like the government, there the shogun doesn't give a fuck like just the government there just does not give a fuck like he is like okay people are going to die we'll just replace them which is so insane to keep saying that because i've noticed that throughout this arc everyone queen keeps saying it orochi keeps saying it. a lot of people keep saying we will just replace them but mm-hmm. it's like they don't realize that's not necessarily true like at some point if your people are just dying especially some of them are dying young you will run out of people like it's it's fortunate that they haven't yet in 20 years, but the, I assume that the population of Wano has had to been dwindling. It has to have been the opposite of a baby boom. It's the illusion of, uh, it's an illusion that I think a lot of people in power have where they look at the lessers and they, they go, well, there's infinite of them. Like there, there's just infinite of them. Right. Like there's me and I'm however great I am. And like, you're just replaceable. Um, such an insane thought. Because I mean, I mean, it's the same thing with like, big businesses right yes. like they look they're like you're just replaceable like, yes i'll fire you and then i'll just hire some somebody else that'll do your job for less money and yeah ideally eventually crazy. that runs out but yeah know. people get tired of, of putting up with that type of shit or in this case because it's such an this is such an extreme 
people are just dying. Like they literally, yeah. Wano has a lot of death in it. It has mm-hmm. a lot of death of regular people. You just see regular people on their deathbeds, constantly dying, sick. Uh, that type of thing is very present in this arc, and it sucks. Like the Straw Hats come across some people who are very destitute, and they mm-hmm. say things like, "On this one day of the Fire Festival, we're going to be able to have uh, clean drinking water." Like there was a part where somebody said, "What are you? Ex- what are you most excited about for the night of the Fire Festival?" And that was one of the comments. Like, one of the actual people said, oh, I'm going to have clean drinking water today. Like, that's insane. And they were so happy about it. And they were like, the air will be clean today. Yeah. Like, there will be clean air to breathe today because we're in the capital. Because, you know, the capital is all rich and nice, but they're not normally allowed there. They have to go into their little districts, their little slums. It's kind of like Midgar. I can keep saying things. Every time I'm thinking about more nerd culture stuff and how this relates to other things, like Oda has obviously pulled from his own imagination, but also a lot of other nerd things too. You think about and Final Fantasy VII Midgar is the, pretty much like this. It's really bad. You have the Shinra building in the middle. Shinra building is beautiful. You go there, it's fucking top of the line. Doesn't even look like you're, it doesn't even look like you're playing the same game when you get to the Shinra building because it looks that nice. In fact, they even do like a 3D, a whole 3D moment. Uh, but when you look at everything else that you travel through for the first couple hours of the game, it's the slums. They literally call it Sector 7 slums and shit like yep. that. It looks terrible. So I think of Wano as the same thing. Most of the geography, most of the places that the people live in are just the slums. And they're all digging out scraps, eating scraps, and it's awful. But yeah, Luffy comes across Otama, and she has this unique devil fruit power that's super relevant, where she can like pull off a piece of her cheek, and if Someone who is basically an animal, or if an animal eats it, she has control over them. Mm-hmm. So yeah. she can like feed it to a dog, and like the dog will be like be devoutly loyal and yes. like in love with her. But yeah. this creates a very interesting twist that is so obvious, but you just don't think of it at first. I know it's so weird how I did. Even when I saw her, what she was doing in the beginning, I didn't really think about the scope of it because I guess I didn't know how. Uh, how many Zoans we were going to see in one. I didn't know the scope of the amount of it's it's actually all Zoans. Like his entire army yeah. is called the, he's called the Beast Pirates, right? Like so his entire army is the Beast Pirates. They're all zone users. Yep. And they're technically all animals. So it affects them. And this happens later in the arc where she starts to feed a lot of his subordinates and they become subservient to Otama. So you see her really early on use this ability against the gorilla. And yeah, the gorilla becomes obedient to her, and this this comes up later on. Uh, it doesn't work on everyone, but it is pretty cool that it does have some relevancy because obviously, if it just worked on like let's say Kaido or he has his own fruit, that would be ridiculous. It would just be a little bit much. But it does work on all the smile users seem to be affected by it. Like if you if you ate a smile fruit, like the manufactured devil fruit, uh, it definitely affects you. That's what's interesting. I think <clears throat> I'm not 100 percent sure. I don't know if it's being confirmed, but. I think because of the flaws of the smile fruits, <clears throat> it's why it's very effective on them. Yeah. Whereas I don't think it would be as effective on, uh, I guess, spoiler alert, Luffy. Um. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that was good. I was thinking the same thing as I was speaking and I was pussyfooting around it because I was like, well, damn, I guess Luffy is a Zoan now, right? So technically, because. He has eaten it, and, and I remember when she first gave him some of her um, cheek dango, he was like, well, what are you going to eat? 
And she kind of was like, oh, I'm fine, right? Like, she kind of just does mm-hmm. that whole thing. Like, I'm good. Because Luffy was dying when he got there. Like, he was like, I'm yeah. so hungry. I need meat. I need food. Where's food? Tongue out, salivating. You know him. You know how Luffy get down. Uh, and she started to feed him. But, like, you know, he clearly wasn't on some super obedient shit. Although it could be, he definitely does have a spot for her. But that's just Luffy. I yeah, wouldn't yeah, say that yeah. her fruit is doing it. But, yes, Luffy is a mythic zone. So, you know, if you're listening to this, you already know that, I'm assuming. But the world government confirmed that the Gomo Gomo uh, no Mai is actually, you know, a mythic zone fruit. It's not a paramecia at all. And even Kaido started to notice as he was fighting Luffy, which I thought was so cool. He started to call out things that were not akin to his devil fruit or yeah. what they thought his devil fruit were. He was like, dude, there's a part. There's a part that's so hype because this is like jumping a hundred chapters ahead, but there's a part where Kaido like legit says like, who are you to yes. Luffy and Luffy? And then it's a, it's a bit of a nerve wracking part for the reader because they're, they're the story built. They were building toward maybe Luffy was possessed or something. And so maybe he doesn't say he's Luffy, but he does just get up and he says like, I'm monkey do monkey D Luffy. Yeah. I'm the man that's going to be the king of the pirates, etc." Yeah, he stays in character because that's just literally who he is. And Luffy doesn't like to him, his devil fruit's always just been I'm a rubber, I'm a rubber man. Yep. But that's yep. been Luffy since chapter pretty much the first chapters. Personally, <laughs> like I'm a rubber man. Like that is that is who he's always been. But his devil fruit isn't truly that. And this is such a mind-blowing thing. There's so many things that happen in this arc. Uh I'm not gonna go into it just yet. I still want to save like the Joy Boy thing yeah, yeah, a little yeah, later. Yeah. So I want to back up some. So yep. we've been following Momonosuke and a couple of the other samurais. Inemon, Momonosuke, Kanjiro. We've been following him for a long time. Like a very, Years. very, very long time. We've known about them. We've even known that Momonosuke is a dragon, right? Like he is literally a little drag, like a little pink dragon. Yep. And like I said, when I first saw Kaido, I knew that he was a dragon because it doesn't make sense for somebody to be a considered a Yonko. And also, you know, that he's mythic zone, um, beast pirates, right? So, you know, he's mythic zone. It doesn't make sense for him to be anything other than a dragon. You think about the scariest shit in all mythology. It's always a dragon. I don't think there's anything scarier in, in mythology than fucking dragons. Look at how Game of Thrones played them up. Like they are, they can wipe out a nation easily. Quick side note, Momonosuke and Kinemon were introduced in, like, 2012. Oh, my God. So, 10 years ago. Because Punk Hazard is when they're introduced, and Punk Hazard is 2012, starts in 2012. So, 10 years ago, we meet these characters, and we don't really know where they come from. We have no idea that they're actually from 20 years ago in the past, and that Mm -hmm. they've been literally time-traveled to the future so that they can save Wano. It's such an insane (laughs) storyline. The best part, too, is... So this is what I love about One Piece. And I actually meant to mention this earlier. You said something about watching the anime, and then you mentioned, like, Attack on Titan, etc. It's re- I love reading the manga of One Piece and then watching the anime because it, it gets to be your second viewing of it. Yeah. And that's when you notice things you didn't notice before, etc. Just like if you go back and rewatch Attack on Titan Season 1, 2, whatever, you see things and you're like, holy shit. And that's when you start to realize, like, this, these guys aren't writing it the night before. Like, these no. guys are laying the seeds, they're planting, because there's parts in, in at you know, 10 years ago now where people talk about Gold Roger, and Momonosuke legit says that he has met Gold Roger. 
And like Usopp calls him an idiot. Usopp like calls him a liar and stuff. And he's like, dude, you're eight years old. Gold Roger died 20 years ago or whatever. Yeah. Um, oh, so good. <laughs> and so the whole, com- but like the whole community, like literally nobody was like, oh no, moment. Like nobody thought he was telling, but moment, he's like, no, I, I met Gold Roger. <laughs> and come to find out, this little fucker was born on Roger's actual fucking ship. Yep. Like Momonosuke and his sister were born on Roger's ship, which is so nuts to me that he was telling the truth. And we all just kind of read past and was like, okay, that's a random thing for a kid to be saying. Yeah. Like, this kid's crazy. He's, he's literally a lunatic. Well, that's the other cool thing about this arc is that it feels as though what has happened since the time skip started, since the start of Fishman Island, it feels like. The Wano arc is the culmination of all of that. There's all these things that were talked about and hinted at and that were just introduced since Fishman Island that led to Whole Cake and then Wano. Like it was Fishman Island and there was that's when Luffy declared war on Big Mom. That's also, I think, the first time we heard the name Joy Boy and we saw like the Pwn Glyph and we learned more about the the weapons that could destroy the world. Then we go to Punk Hazard. And then Punk Hazard, we learn about the Smile Fruits and how they interact with Doflamingo and Kaido. Then we go to Dressrosa, then Zoe, then Whole Cake, then Wano. And it's like everything that happened in all of these arcs are all culminating right here because we have both Big Mom and Kaido on the same island. Yeah. And it's just like the last 10 years. Even are knowing about uh, like King Neptune's daughter, Shirahoshi, who has the ability to control the Sea Kings, you know, that's such a big deal. And, you know, it's like, okay, yeah, she can control the Sea Kings. That's that's pretty ridiculous, but you don't understand the gravity of it until this arc, in my opinion, because come to find out, Gold Roger met with the King of Fishman Island, and he was like, a fortune teller said, like, you're going to have a daughter who's going to have this power, um, but she's not going to be born. Like, Roger's asked, because Roger only has a year left to live when he when he gets there. He's like, I only have this amount of time left. For whatever reason, he knows he's going to die. and. It's just ridiculous to me how, like, she's not born yet. And Roger even makes a comment, like, about how, you know, he found the One Piece, but he got there too soon. It, he was born too early. It's so fucking interesting, man. It, it really sets it up where, like, you know that Oda knows what the One Piece is. Yes. Like, it's not, like, you know, and you know that he's been known what the One Piece yes. was. Like, it's not, it's not some bullshit. Like, there's something there, like, there's just... It's something like there's some shit happening. It's so cool, though. I think the biggest part. And again, I know I keep saying it, but I'm going to say it again. There's a reason why I think this is the best One Piece arc. You get fucking Gold Roger in this arc. You get, you get Gold actual, Roger, a, a real I, legit like, Roger flashback arc. I know people don't like saying something is the best while it's still happening. Right. Like, that's like a it's kind of <laughs> it's kind of how I feel about Attack on Titan. I'm like, yo, Attack on Titan is probably the best anime I've ever seen if it sticks to ending, but like it needs to end first. Like you can't just give it Death Note. You can't put it on Death Note's tier, right? You can't put it on that tier without it ending because that's a big part of it. Like Death Note ends really well. Like in my yeah, opinion, yeah. Death Note has a Death Note has a perfect ending. You knew from the beginning how it would end. It ends well. He tells you exactly how it's going to end in the beginning. Like chapter one, he lets him know there's actually no heaven or hell. When yeah. you die, even, I'm going to be the person even that writes your name. Fan, like the way it ends is good. Yes, and I, you know me, I'm a huge light fan. The ending is such a big part of why I think something is goaded. And so for me, 
like Full Metal Alchemist is pretty good because of the ending. I think like again, like Monster's pretty good because of the ending. A lot of things, the way they end is a big part of it. And I'm saying it now, even though Wano isn't technically concluded yet, but this is my favorite arc because of I just feel like Oda really said, okay, I've been building towards so many plot points and people probably felt like I've been dragging my feet. But I've been really trying to paint this beautiful picture for you guys. And I hope that you appreciate it when I finally reveal it. And I think that we just got so many huge reveals that we've been waiting for literally 10 plus years for now. And seeing Roger, seeing Roger fight. Oh my God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Awesome. And young Whitebeard, like Roger and young Whitebeard. Young Whitebeard, Roger, (laughs) seeing Marco, like when he was really young. Uh, seeing yeah. young Silva's Rayleigh when his hair was fucking blonde because you know yeah. watching it, watch the anime. I recommend if you only read it, please go back and watch the anime for some of this stuff because seeing the color of the characters was a big part for me too. Also, I think that it has a lot to do with hockey and conquers hockey specifically. Now that we understand, Dude, I love like the black and red lightning thing. Like, so that's how you know that conquers hockey specifically is being used. And there's this new concept that was developed in the Wano arc about coding yourself and conquers hockey. It's yeah. a it's a whole reveal that Luffy pointed out when he fought Kaido again. He was like, "You've been coding yourself in fucking Conqueror's hockey this whole time." Like yeah, that's yeah. how come it seems like you're not affected by anything. You can't even affect someone without coding your fucking attacks in Conqueror's hockey. Yo, speaking of, <laughs> let me just take a small moment to be the Zoro fanboy that I am. Zoro was doing that shit without even know, like, because when Zoro, first of all. Zoro blocked like a huge fucking attack from the emperors. Yes. And like saved people's lives behind him. And then he was able to damage Kaido. And then like Kaido whipped his ass, but he was able to damage Kaido. And Kaido was like, you, I forget exactly what he said, but he basically said, like, you're using Conqueror's hockey for your attacks. And Zoro was like, I don't know. I'm just fucking. Yeah. I'm I just thought that was such him. a cool part, too. Because at the time, we're under the impression only Luffy has it, Conqueror's hockey. <laughs> and come to find out it seems like his subordinates might have that shit too or i mean literally zoro blatantly has it now that he's using odin's sword the the hell sword yeah, yeah. that fucking en- enma now that he's using enma he blatantly has conquerors hockey and sanji also got some shit going on like sanji's on some i feel like sanji has conquerors yeah. hockey too like I, if i'm not I crazy think, i don't know if it's been revealed like i don't know if it's really been revealed or hinted at yet for sanji but I think he'll probably end up having it as well. Like, it makes sense for Sanji, Zoro, and Luffy to have it. When he was fighting against uh, Queen, I really feel like they were alluding to him also having Conqueror's Hockey. Yeah. I really got a strong inclination about that. The thing that was... That was... So, Oda's just a really good writer. So, Sanji gets, like, the German 66 technology. He gets the raid suit, Stealth Black. Um... And he uses it against like page one earlier in the Wano arc. Yep, and it's amazing. And it's a, such a bad. after after using it though, uh, Santi doesn't really like using it because he doesn't like his family. Mm-hmm. But then, way later during the raid, when he's fighting Queen and stuff, Sanji goes through this whole thing where like he feels weird. Yeah, and, like his body's there changing. There are several chapters where he's running around. He's <clears> saying something feels strange ever since I put on that suit. Like yes. my body feels weird. He starts having these weird little glitchy movements that look strange, like he's fucking Ace Ventura pet detective or something. He's really yep, moving yep. strange. He's like, my body feels weird. Continue. And his body is being like, like essentially restructured um, to be more like his his siblings because his siblings were modified in the womb uh, and supposed to be. Ow! 
if anybody's wondering, fucking asshole in my ear. Anyway, um, his siblings and himself were supposed to be modified in the womb to, you know, be genetic humans, whatever. And Sanji wasn't. But since putting on the race technology... Sanji... Here's what I think, though, Kenny. I might be saying... I might be wrong, but I think that Sanji has been under the impression that he was not genetically modified. But I think that he actually just was. And... Putting on a suit, I, let's say it, it reminded his body of what it truly yeah, yeah, is, yeah, yeah. because right. he can go invisible himself. <laughs> he can just the person Sanji with no suit can do everything that he was doing in the suit, which is really cool. But it's also he was like, no, I'm not like them. I wasn't genetically modified. I'm he, normal. Dude, he was going through, and this is something that I think was so cool with the writing. He Sanji got super buff. He became way stronger, like Queen. Like, he was basically no diffing queen while also going through internal turmoil. Yes. And it was so cool because, like, it wasn't one of those things where, like, he was losing his mind and, like, he became a demon. It was, like, his morals. Because I think he, like, accidentally hit one of the women. And then, like, he 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 was, like... Yeah. Remember he said, so there's, and because I read it more recently, so I'll fill in a little bit of the gap here. There was a part where Sanji was wandering around the brothel area. And... It was in his fight with Queen. They were kind of going back and forth, but he was running around. He comes across a young woman who was hurt. And there was mm-hmm. a part where he genuinely did black out, right? Like he blacked out during this raid. Pretty much everyone did. Zoro blacked out at one point. Luffy black. Everyone has blacked out. So Sanji had blacked out at a point. He got captured. You know, he refused to hit women. That's He's consistent with that. But when he blacked out, he came to, he saw one of the really pretty girls was blatantly hit like somebody hit her and he assumed he looked around like there's no one else around i'm the only one around so he's like oh shit i must have done this and he said like yo if i lose myself like put me down basically like dude he says that to zoro oh my god i got so fucking hype because you guys know i get like i don't know i fucking fanboy and sanji and zoro They've had such a cool relationship and that like they hate each other, but you also know that <laughs> they know they know that they're both the shit. Like yes. Zoro knows Sanji's the fucking shit. Yeah. And Sanji knows Zoro's the shit. Oh, but they so also good. will never give each other any respect. <laughs> so like when Sanji goes to Zoro and he says, like, listen, like, whatever happens, like if I turn or change, like you have to take me out. Zoro's like I don't remember what he says exactly, but he basically is like, that's not going to happen. But if it does, like, I'll happily take you that's out. That's exactly. Yeah. He says something along those lines. You're, you're exactly right. Actually. He, he basically says like, what the fuck are you talking about? Stupid eyebrows. You know, you'll, you'll be fine. But if it came to it, I will be the one to do it. Uh, yeah. I just thought it, yeah, that entire sequence, you know, he finds out that the whole time it was actually queen queen has this really creepy, nasty such a nasty sleazy old he gives me old man in a in a brothels kind of vibes he's they show they they let you hear his internal thoughts so the one girl who was attacked by someone and at the time we think because it's it's chapters that this spans across we don't know who attacked her sanji's under the impression that it was him uh we get queens in our monologue he's talking about how hey i thought that that little bitch was like uh too injured to to come meet with me she's rejected my request to come see me multiple times. Uh, she doesn't like me, apparently. I thought that she was too sick today, but look at her right now. It looks like she's the uh, the picture of life and youth. Like, she looks great right now. Yeah. There's She's clearly not sick, is what he's saying. Like, she's lying. Yep. And he gets really irritated about it, and he goes to attack her again. Like, he goes to hit her. He goes to strike her, and, and Sanji, you know, perception, he fucking stops the attack, and he's like, it was you. He gets pissed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He realizes that Queen is the one who actually hurt this girl, 
he gets fucking furious. And this is when he like, again, he's, he's, he's already going through the inner turmoil of the whole time. Queen's asking him, put your fucking suit on, put your fucking suit on. I've been holding back this whole time because I want to see this German technology so that I can prove that I was the best scientist all along and, and Mads. Like he's like all about like being the best scientist, which uh, that's another. Which, listen, real quick, Queen, you're an amazing scientist. Everybody with everybody that was in Mads is an amazing scientist, but I have your. I can guarantee you're not Dr. Vegapunk, all right? That's all I know. I know that you're not Dr. Vegapunk, okay? Yeah. Yeah, he's wallin'. But he, you know, he's a competitive scientist, and he wants to be against the top of Germa's technology. So he's like, Sanji, put on a suit. I want to see it. I want to be able to say I beat, you know, Germa's, one of Germa's children, etc. Uh, but it doesn't go that way. And Sanji turns up on him, doesn't even use the suit. But he has all the abilities. He literally, the panel where he goes invisible is so wild to me. Like, yeah. I didn't know that that's where it was going. I had no idea that Oda was alluding to, you actually just have these abilities. The suit had nothing to really do with it. Yeah. Like, the Did suit might be doing what it does. Like, go ahead. Did you notice the eyebrows? What about them? Like, So, Sanji's eyebrows, as everybody knows, they, you know, they swirl, right? Yeah. But his eyebrows swirl in the opposite direction of all of his siblings. After, like, his body started glitching and, like, when his powers awakened, his eyebrows now swirl to the other way. Oh, I did not notice that. His, his, yeah, so, like, so after he kind of got his Germa powers, you look, you can look on all of the fucking panels of One Piece, Sanji's eyebrows swirl a certain way, opposite to all of his siblings. And after he got the Germa powers, his eyebrows changed, and now they swirl in the same way as oh, all of his so siblings. cool. It's such a huge buff to him, too. Like, not even just going invisible, but I think that, in general, he just got so much stronger, too. Yeah, he did. There was parts where he was clashing with Queen, and I I don't know... I don't think it's been animated yet, right? The last thing in the episodes was uh, Red Rock. Luffy's doing Red Rock. And that's a really cool technique. It was at the end of the episode. I think the episode was 1013. It was the last one I saw, and it's the latest episode that was out. Uh, But Luffy was doing Red Rock, so I don't think that they're at the part yet where... Sanji is fighting Queen, but I swear this man has fucking conquered hockey too. Like he, those clashes, I was like, what the hell is happening? Like even Queen was blown away by his attacks, and he was just like you said, kind of zero diffing him at a point. Like it got really bad. Yeah, Queen's he, very strong. Queen is very strong. He's, I mean, he's one of uh, Kaido's top three. Like yeah. under Kaido, it's King Queen and Jack. Yes, King Queen and Jack. Isn't that? <laughs> I love it. I love it. The, ch- the fucking the cards like actual cards yeah so good. that's something as a side note i guess <clears throat> just talking about queen i don't know if queen really counts on this but um something that um one piece has hasn't strayed away from ever but in terms of like uh inclusivity or whatever the fact that you have um kiku who is uh as far as i know assigned at birth man but like Presents as a woman, very clearly. Presents as a woman. Is definitely, clearly presents, a man. definitely presents as a woman. You have uh, Yamato, who is legit introduced. Like, <laughs> I remember Frazier messaged me, and he was like, why does Kaido have a son? But this is before you see Yamato, yes. who's clearly like a female in terms of how she's born, but fully represents herself like as a male. Yes. Like, refers to himself and and also everybody else too they're all like they all just call him luffy Luffy says bro a couple times yeah like luffy gets on board if luffy can respect someone's pronouns like we can all do it like luffy (laughs) luffy immediately was like bro what are you talking about 
I was like, what the fuck? How, how are you just like immediately on board? Luffy was immediately on board. So I really thought that was funny. Uh, but yeah, I mean, One Piece has always, I felt like, I feel like One Piece has always been really inclusive though. When you think about it, like yeah. the Okama parts and stuff, like the drag queens that they've had, um, cross dressers, whatever you want to call them. They've always been very like, this is fine. Like no one yeah, yeah. gives a shit that people... <laughs> I just think it's another cool um, yeah. example because even because this is where you find out Kiku is actually um, uh, Flintlock Izo, who's a member of the Whitebeard Pirates, one of the commanders. Who Flintlock Izo, if you do or don't remember them, um, is a male, but also has very obvious feminine features. Yes, and then you find out that he has a brother here in Kiku, and then also Yamato. I, know, I just thought it was it was cool because yeah, they both look like women. Yeah, yeah, they're they're pretty. Like they are fucking pretty. Yeah, you can't say they're not pretty. Yeah, it. it I also like the whole Denjiro thing and Kyoshiro. That oh whole. Oh my god. So I think this. Let's let's talk about Odin a bit because this character had been talked about so much before you ever get to see a single panel with him. They actually do a lot of silhouettes with him and hiding him. They don't want to show us him mm-hmm. for a very long time. They make Odin the boil. They make Odin such a secret for a very long time. They build him up. So when you finally do see Odin, you're like, oh shit, you know, this is the guy. We've heard so much about this guy. Odin, Odin, Odin. And you get to, I want to say like act two of Wano. And they finally start to give you a portrait of who he was. And man, is it just, at first I was like, I don't really care. Like, I honestly didn't really care because at the time he was just a myth. The, his his retainers talk about him in such high esteem, but it mm-hmm. kind of it kind of gave off the vibe that they might be a little crazy, right? It almost started to sound like they were all storytelling. They were all kind of fibbing a bit, kind of uh, embellishing, as you as you would call yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. It, it seemed like they were embellishing, and also because people would blatantly say, you know, he's been dead for this amount of time. There's no way that those guys are even alive. They seem like liars from the onset. Oda sets them up to look like liars. Mm-hmm. So when they're talking about how great Odin is, it it kind of comes off as like, well, that's what I would say about my friend if he died, even if I knew that he was not, he might not have been the greatest man while he was alive, but I'm going to talk about him like that because he's my man, he's dead yep. now. You know, it, it kind of gives that vibe. And you don't realize this character that they've pretty much portrayed as larger than life, he's actually larger than life when you meet him. He's so also, fucking cool. I also think it's really funny <clears throat> how they introduce him. Because like, He's an asshole, but he's an asshole that everybody loves. But when they introduce him, oh, like legit, they introduce him by saying like, "Hide your kids, hide your wife." Like Odin's, Odin's in town. Yeah. Like when the flashback starts, yeah. <laughs> there's legit a part where they're like, "Hide your wife." Like Odin's, Odin's back. <laughs> yeah, he. Uh, there's this. Uh, so Odin is a rebel, and his dad is obviously the Shogun. He's the the heir to the throne, the heir to be the next Shogun. And he pretty much doesn't want any part of that. He's kind of just wanting to live his life freely. He's kind of like Luffy. He wants to live a very free life. He doesn't want the shackles of being stuck in Wano his whole life. He dreams about going in the open sea. He dreams about just being free in general. And so he spends a lot of his life being a rebel. And that means doing things that he's not supposed to do as the heir to the throne. Including... He does things that are really... He he's one of those characters that I like because he does things that a lot of people will view as like disrespectful or wrong or like not proper, but he does it because he knows like 
it's his way of showing respect, and he knows, like, the other person would get it. Like, pretty early on in the flashback, there's someone that dies, and he, like, goes to their funeral, and, like, he eats, like, a big pot of Odin on their grave or something like that. Mm -hmm. And everybody, like, looks at him like, oh, he's so disrespectful. But it becomes pretty obvious that, like, he's doing it in a way to show, like, this ultimate respect to, like, this person that he's, like, mourning the death over them. Yeah, and he there's other stuff, too. So there's this lawless area in Wano. And Ashura Doji, I think is his name, he mm-hmm. is pretty much the the god of this area. Like he's the king of this lawless section of Wano that's run by the criminals. And the only way you can survive there is if you're strong. Like you just have to be strong, and it's pretty cutthroat. Odin goes there, he goes against Ashura Doji, obviously, and pretty much zero diffs him. Like Odin is very strong. They make it known because you actually meet Ashura Doji in current time way before the flashback, and he's very strong then. So yeah. when they go back 20 years, it's kind of like, oh shit, Odin Zero diffed this guy. You know, they made, they made Ashura Doji in the flashback sound like he was godly too. <laughs> Nobody could beat him, basically. So when Odin goes to the lawless area, and he just Zero diffs him, and like, doesn't take his life. Ashura Doji's like, you know, he's the typical samurai. He lost the fight, he's like, kill me. And Odin's like, uh, I'm cool, like, I'm not doing that. You know, I'm that's not how I am. Um, and Ashra Doji pretty much immediately, like everyone else who meets Odin, pledges loyalty to him. And me- like that, all respect to you. Like all respect to you, King of the Most High. Like he's very re- uh, re- uh, reverent of Odin immediately. And this is like a normal thing that keeps happening. Everyone he runs into, Kinemon, uh, literally everyone. Everyone he comes across. Kinemon is kind of like a gangster. Like Kinemon was like, because now he's all like proper and he's like, super proper the ways basically and it was a cop. seeing him as a g <laughs> yeah he's, he's so reformed now but back in the day like he used to get down with the criminals and a lot of the people that are in odin's group like all of his retainers pretty much have been they've done some bad shit like that's kind of they honestly now that i'm thinking about it odin is very akin to jesus christ mm. like when you think about the people who he selected as his like disciples, quote unquote, right? Yep. Like, stick with me here. I'm, I'm, go- I'm going. I'm going, some- I'm going somewhere with this. But yes, like if you think about his retainers, a lot of them have been the the rejects of society. You, um, especially the one Kawamatsu, mm-hmm. right? Like he was literally called a demon. And you think about some of like Jesus's disciples, they were also treated the same way because one of them was, let's say, a tax collector, and people hated them back in the day, and they still hate them now. But he was a tax collector. He's one of Jesus' 12 disciples. Everyone hates him. He's kind of an outcast. Kawamatsu, hated by people because he looks different. No one likes him. They called him a kappa and stuff like that. You know, treated him really shitty. You got Ashura Doji, literally a gangster, literally a criminal, killed a ton of people, like takes what he wants, does what he wants. It's the only way you get through in this world is kind of his mindset at the time. And a lot of his, you know, people are like that. Uh, but when they get with Odin, he reforms them in a way and they, they uh, pledge loyalty to this man like no other they're willing to die for the like die for odin they're all willing to do that and a lot of times odin's like i don't even want you guys to follow. like why are you following me a lot of times when he's yeah. leaving and they start following he's like what the fuck are you guys how did you guys get here like where'd y'all come from and he's like yeah we're we don't want to leave like we don't want to just live our lives without you like we want to live for you man like it's so it's it's just really cool how they build this character up and it's slowly how you see him become this godlike character. And then he runs into Roger. Well, first, Whitebeard. Okay, he runs into Whitebeard. Whitebeard the Whitebeard pirates uh, crash, like they crash onto Wano. 
and their ship is all fucked up and yeah immediately he uh, odin immediately is like yo i have to get on this ship like I, I have to see the open sea i have to travel and they show a little i think they show a little ace little uh they show a little everyone little buggy right yeah i don't think they show ace they don't show ace they show nah. oh i'm thinking nah, of shanks ace isn't I'm, th- I'm, I'm thinking of shanks i'm thinking of shanks yeah they show shanks and buggy they show yeah ace isn't born yet yeah and in in odin's backstory because he ends up with roger at some point and he ends up with Whitebeard. You see, like little Shanks, little Buggy, uh, little Mar- young Marco, like all of these characters who you you know they're adults now. It's twenty years, but they're adults now, and you get to see like their chibi forms or whatever. And before they get de- some of them before they get devil fruits, which is so cool, it's just amazing. He he runs into Whitebeard. He becomes immediately infatuated with joining the Whitebeard pirates. Whitebeard's like absolutely not. And then when they leave, like when they actually leave Wano, Whitebeard uh, departs. And <laughs> hanging on to the fucking ship in the water, though, like submerged in water, but still hanging on to the ship is Odin. And Libra's like, yo, if you stay there, if you survive, what is it, three days? Three days, I think. Yeah, if you survive 72 hours out there, like, I'll let you become one of my crewmen. And, <laughs> yeah. and Odin holds on for 71 hours. Yep. And he hears the screams of a woman in a distant island calling for help. And in Odin fashion, he actually lets go. He goes to save this woman. And everyone was fucking sad. And they were like, yo, he was just about to make it. Like, he was holding on for so long. He was just right there. And he let go. And they were crying. And they were really sad. Probably thought he was dead, to be honest. Uh, But come to find out, he actually did some, you know, super moral thing. And, like, saved this woman from being attacked. So, Whitebeard respects him for that. And yeah, then it's just gravy. Like it's gravy for him after at yeah. that point. It's then just him and that woman becomes his wife, and they join the Whitebeard Pirates. Yep, they end up having their children, uh, who are born on the ship on Roger's ship. And at one point, when they first run into Roger, so Whitebeard runs into Roger, and Odin immediately is like, "I want to fight you." Like he just yeah. immediately wants to fight Roger. And I again reasons why this is the best arc of One Piece to me, like. Seeing Roger actually fight is wild. <laughs> this is this is the the pirate king. Like this is the pirate king. He is there. This is the pinnacle of all of the characters in the show. He is what everyone in the entire show aspires to be. This is him. You are seeing him now, animated and fighting, actually swinging a sword, using technique, everything, and he does some fucking divine sovereignty shit that just like it's one slash it clearly has conquers hockey and it hits odin and damn near kills him and up until this point everyone that odin has fought he's pretty much zero diffed and not suffered any real consequences to fighting anybody runs into gold roger gets destroyed immediately (laughs) you realize it's not even close there's just a level there's a level to the power and also i noticed that the yonko like Roger being one of them, they name some of their techniques like sovereignty and divinity and shit. I just, I don't know. Something about Oda using these titles for their attacks is so cool to me. Like Ikaku uh, divinity or sovereignty or whatever. Sovereignty, I think it is. Ikaku sovereignty. The one Big Mom does. And that shit is outrageous. And then like Goldie Roger using his technique, like divinity and he swings, and you see the Congress hockey and everything, and then when he finally clashes with Whitebeard, and the uh, the cloud split, we finally understand why 
after all this time, we saw this way back when Shanks and Whitebeard first met. Yep. They clashed, and you see the, the heavens actually split apart. At the time, you just think, like, oh, this is just for dramatic effect, right? Like, these are two strong yeah, characters. Like these guys are just broken. These whatever. guys are just broken. They're strong characters. You didn't know that there was actually a reason for, specifically, when people clash with Conqueror's Hockey, that causes that to happen. Mm-hmm. Like, that is a side effect of clashing with Conqueror's Hockey. Also, side note, I love the way that Oda uses that for uh, <laughs> the, the, the people of Zoe who get power, the Minx, the people who get powered by the moon, at one point, the moon gets clouded because of Kaido's uh, fire clouds, and they transform back to their normal forms, which, not very strong in those forms, to be honest, especially compared to the Beast Pirates, but when Luffy clashes with Kaido, and he's coded in Congress Hockey 2, it opens the heavens back up and the moon comes back out. I just thought that was such yep. a cool fucking Dude. little thing. And then there was the part, I forget who he was fighting against, but, uh, but the dog, Dogstorm, he he was like about to lose. I think he was fighting Perro Sparrow, and he was about to die. And then like when the clouds open back up, Dogstorm's like, "Don't be a bitch now." He's oh, like, yeah, yeah. "Is it he says, in Yeah, he's like, "Don't be a bitch now." Like, yes, he transformed. They look scary too. Him and Nekomushi, so scary. They they look so scary when they first transform. They get like this crazed like look in there. It's kind of like when a cat does the thing where they back up and lift up their, their neck and their shoulders mm-hmm. real high. They look crazed when they transform into their uh, shoot. What's it called? I forget the name of that form. Sulong. Sulong. Is, is what I remember reading. Yeah, Sulong. When they go into that Sulong form, they're ridiculous. It's a huge buff to them. But yes, when, when two people with Conqueror's Hockey on that level clash, it opens up the heavens. And so Gold Roger and White Bear clash and they have a all-out brawl was like, yo, we came across this other pirate ship. Take their shit. Like, this is a chance to take their shit. We're going to take everything they have. And, and that's kind of the order on both of their parts. Uh, but then at the end of it, they fought for like a week or something. And at the end of it, they end up just doing a gift exchange. Like, the White yeah. Bear Pirates and the Roger Pirates are like, yo, I got this cool ass thing from this place. Like, I'll trade you for this. And that's it ends up being that. Like they they actually don't kill each other because they're rivals, but they're homies. Yeah, it's really cool, uh, and they're both very clearly strong. They said that Roger and Whitebeard they fought for I forget how long. It was some ridiculous amount of time, but I think it, it might have been seven days. It was some ridiculous amount of time. Maybe it was just forty eight hours, but whatever it was, it was more than a day. And as I'm reading this this uh, this flashback of Roger Whitebeard Odin like Shanks and Buggy and Marco and all these other characters, Marco, who's also randomly in Wano too, you know, now that he doesn't have a captain per se, he said, I'm free. Um, as I'm reading this arc and I realize like Odin akin to Jesus and just like in general, him being such a big character that you really root for. It takes a while for me to really like connect to him. But once I saw what Oda was doing and the way he wrote him, like him holding onto that rope for three days straight and then how that plays a part in his demise and stuff like that later on. And we'll get to that too. I just think it's so amazing. The writing, mm-hmm. but my overall point in this is that I didn't really know what one piece was for me until this arc, this arc really revealed what Oda has over every other shonen, every other story that I've ever read is he has these characters that are genuinely larger than life. And I don't think any other medium of anime or anything that I've, I've read or seen has done it quite like he does. So think about Odin, how all the retainers, like I've said, they keep building him up, building him up. And think about how Roger has been built up so much 
and think about how Whitebeard built up so much and all of the, the Yonko, Kaido, and Big Mom, and, right? They Everybody but Shanks we've seen. We've seen all of them in full display now at this point by, by chapter 1046. And it's been hundreds of chapters ago when these characters were first talked about. The world government mentions them. Uh, certain characters, certain pirates mention them and how you stand no chance on the Grand Line. You stand no fucking chance. There's people there that are so much stronger than you, so much better than you, and they'll I mean, wipe you out. Gecko Moria, think this is pre-time skip. Gecko Moria, the whole reason why his kind of journey as a pirate stopped is because of Kaido. Um, like, I don't remember the, the specifics, but I remember Gecko Moria basically... Like, if you go back to Thriller Bark, he's basically been, like, turned into a bitch by Kaido. Yes. And he's never gone further. Like, he's never gone to the New World. Um, or I think he's been to the New World, but he kind of stays on this side of the Grand Line uh, because of a run-in he had with Kaido. Kaido killed Gekko Moria's entire crew. Yeah. And, again, what One Piece is, after seeing these crazy, ridiculous characters, having heard them be talked about so much throughout the story, but not actually getting to see it, finally getting to see Roger in action and seeing how much stronger he is than everyone else. He's at, and then they give you the bounties too. Roger's over five million, and Whitebeard's is like, oh, oh, what is it? I think it's over five billion. Yeah, I said five billion. Oh, okay, I thought you said a million. Oh no, 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 because I mean, we Luffy's is past a yeah, billion yeah. at this point, but no, Roger's over five billion, and then you got under him is Whitebeard, who's like four point five billion or higher, and then you have uh, Kaido next, and he's like four point something billion. And then you have Big Mom, who's also four point something billion, and then you got like Shanks, and then in Blackbeard, and it kind of it goes backwards that way, right? So seeing all of their bounties, which is kind of a way of them scaling them. You know, like it's kind of like Roger is stronger than Whitebeard. We already know that, though. It's no question there. Uh, and we don't even know if Roger has a devil fruit. And it doesn't seem like he does. Just judging by that flashback, I feel like at some point it would have came up. But it doesn't. Yeah, my guess is that he really doesn't have a devil fruit. Yeah, if I had to guess, just because we blatantly. So I don't I don't know if I'm speaking out of turn here, but I don't think we've ever seen Roger like we have in the Wano arc, right? No. OK, I'm, I'm, I just want to make sure I'm not crazy. Like I did. It's been. Yeah, the most we saw all of them. Before this, I want to say, was around the Whitebeard arc when Garp was talking about Roger and when Roger like goes to Garp and he's like, hey, I'm going to have a son. I want you to take care of him. But like, that's like the most we see of Roger before okay. this. So, right. So to me, seeing Roger in action, finally, seeing how he actually is the real deal. Like, yes, you know, he had to be the real deal in your head, but seeing is believing. I'm sorry. Seeing is just simply fucking believing and seeing him in action is so nuts. Like I, I, there's a YouTube video. It's only a minute and 50 seconds long, I think, but it's like Odin versus Goldie Roger. And I watched it like 10 times. I watch it all the time. I just think it's such a cool fucking scene. And it just shows you that as strong as Odin is, Odin is very strong. He damaged Kaido. And we don't, we don't know that X shaped scar on Kaido's chest. That's from Odin. We don't know who would have truly won that fight because Odin yeah. gets, Odin gets hoed. Uh, but the yeah. whole point of me saying that Odin is so strong and he damaged Kaido and all this stuff is that Gold Rush is zero diffed Odin. Like he's zero. He's, he's zero. When they show, bro, when they show Odin after he takes one of Roger's attacks, he's so bloody and, and battered and he still wants to fight, of course, because that's just the kind of guy he is. But you know, 
You, you, you know there's no chance. You know there's no world. There's no world where he could survive a fight with Goldie Roger. So it's just cool to know that Goldie Roger wasn't just a pirate king. He was also the strongest pirate that ever existed. And it's not close. Yeah. It's not even That's relevant. A- what you mentioned about the Odin-Kaido fight is something that I really like. It's a small piece of development that I like about Kaido, too, is that Kaido was very upset with the way he won. Yes. Like, and they don't spend a lot of time talking about it. It's just really all in his facial expressions. Yep. But, like, Kaido is not happy with the way that he won. Like, he Kaido up, wanted to win that fight straight up. And he ends up killing the woman who tricked Odin. He also gets really mad when someone interferes in his fight with Luffy. Yeah. And he was like, I didn't want you to lose like that. I didn't want to win like that. He blatantly says it to Luffy. We yeah. t- I thought you were a goner because he hits him with Ragnarok. And first of all, all of Kaido's attacks being named after like meteors and shit like that is so cool. Um, you know, they, they're also calamities, right? Ragnarok, you think about Thor, Ragnarok being the end of an entire civilization. So it all plays in a part of his lore, the calamities lore. I just think that's mm-hmm. cool. A l- cool little tidbit about him is that one of his attacks is called Ragnarok. It's one of his strongest attacks. It's called Ragnarok. He has attacks called Meteor, another catastrophic thing, right? Catacly- right before, because Luffy, you know, we don't know. Luffy could have blocked or dodged it, but like right. right before he gets hit by it, some fucker from CP0 pops up. Yeah. And uh, Luffy ends up taking the attack and it kills him. And Kaido's not, he's not happy about that. Kaido's very, very pissed about that. And that's consistent with his characters that Kaido likes these fights. He says it all the time. He's basically a Saiyan. He's like, I haven't. I haven't had a fight like this in so long. And he also mentions how this is really fun. Yeah. Like I'm just getting started. I think him and Luffy both say like, I'm just getting started. Like this is actually amazing. (laughs) So, you know, there's a lot of cool things there, but I just love how Odin makes these characters larger than life. He gives them these feats that are not actually possible, but just blatantly makes them possible in one piece. Mm -hmm. And that is one piece to me. Like that is literally what it is everybody is so much bigger than life odin hanging on for 71 hours on the back of a ship in the water is an impossible feat for anyone to do like no one could actually do that but it's so fucking cool that he gives people these feats and usually what shonen's do because people are probably like oh like shonen characters do stuff like crazy things that are impossible all the time but i don't mean that i mean like regular shit for example things that don't involve fights in fights, they yeah, always yeah, surpass. Yeah. They always surpass their limits in a fight. It's always a fight with shonens. It's always like, oh, Naruto surpassed your limits. Like you know, Itadori surpassed your limits in a fight. Bleach surpassed your limits in a fight. But think about somebody being boiled in oil at temperatures at- upwards of eight hundred degrees, right? Dude. And also holding his entire group of retainers above his head so that they're technically in the pot but not actually being affected by the heat whatsoever, so that they can all live. And that he will be the only one who has to die. Stuff mm-hmm. like that. When I saw that, I realized that Oda is the greatest writer ever. And that he, what he does with One Piece is make these way larger than life characters just reality. Like, they're so big. They're so insanely big to me. Yeah, so, we all love the fights. But that, I agree, that's one of the absolute best scenes in all of One Piece. When Odin is in the boiling pot... And when he does the whole thing, like, I was born to be boiled, yep. it's like a play on his name and everything. Yeah. But yeah, and he's holding all of his comrades over his head for, I don't remember the exact amount of time it was, but a fucking long amount of time. It was very long. Um, and he's in, like, boiling oil. I remember when and, it was uh, at 30 minutes and everyone was so surprised because they started saying, we came to see a crazy, awful, unsightly death. 
Mm-hmm. And what's going on? He's not even fucking flinching. And he's just standing. And it's just one of those moments where it feels so good. Like, I agree. It's it's one of those surpass your limits parts, but it's not in a fight. It's not in a training arc. Like, you don't like I love Dragon Ball Z. It's fucking amazing. I love Naruto, etc. Yeah. But like, there's not a part in DBZ or Naruto or Bleach where like those characters are really like they're they surpass their limits a bunch, but they don't do it in those kinds of ways. It's yeah, always like, like in a fight. I think about so okay. Let's think about how the first Hokage and Madara are larger than life characters in Naruto, right? Mm-hmm. But everything about them being larger than life has to do with them fighting. Yeah, it's just their, it's just their fighting prowess. It's just oh, he had a Mangaku Shangai and a QB. Oh, mm-hmm. he had wood jutsu and he could create a fucking gigantic Senju wood statue that has 10,000 hands. That's amazing. Don't get me wrong. These these are crazy things. And when I first saw them, I was blown away by them. But it's always a fight. It's never, they're never larger than life outside of a fight. It's just like, yeah, yeah that's the first Okage. He's broken because he could beat everybody. Like, yeah, that's cool. Odin can beat everybody. Roger can beat everybody. White Bear can beat everybody. But that's not the reasons why they seem bigger than life. And Oda's One Piece story. And I, I, it's just, no one does it quite like him. Th- that feat of him boiling, the feat of him holding on. There's another one too. There's a third one. I forget what the third one is. It's like an, it's another endurance thing. Oh, it's Rizo. Rizo being in the fire, literally burning. And his adversary is like, yo, uh, you know, the fire's going to reach you first. So you're going to yep. die and I'm going to be fine. And Rizo doesn't say shit. And then nope. they, they don't go back to it for a couple chapters. And when they go back to it, the guy's like, yo, what the fuck, right? So now we're both just burning. Stop yep. this. Like, you gotta chill. Like, stop what you're doing. We're both gonna die. And Ryzo's like, nah. Uh, Odin boiled for this amount of time. I mm-hmm. can put up I can put up with this no problem. Obviously, he's capping, but it's the endurance. He does it. He does it regardless, because Odin is like, I wanna be like him so bad. And it's just, everything is, is full circle. Like, this can be talked about for hours and hours and hours and hours. Like, even, even, even going all the way back to Zoro and Kuma like I don't know I wouldn't even really like I, I guess some people would argue that's a fight but I don't even really like I don't really it's think not it a fight was. though I, I agree when Zoro when Zoro took Luffy's pain like that wasn't like a fight thing that was yes it's another one of those feats that's like he's larger than life this character is great like Zoro is great because of the ability he got a tiny portion of it and it freaked him the fuck out when Kuma mm-hmm. threw like I'm gonna just give you a portion of Luffy's pain he just threw that little tiny piece he took a little piece and threw it and when it hit Zoro, he lost it. Harlem shaking. My man was Harlem shaking. You remember? It really was. And then you see the gigantic amount of pain that Luffy had, and he stepped into it, and then the screen just goes white, right? And then you see him the next day, and it's probably, honestly, that might be the single greatest, like, scene in all of Luffy's, honestly. Uh, like, it, dude, I'm getting a chub just thinking about it's it. It's such a good, it's, it's, it's definitely top five, uh, for sure. Uh, but yeah, and then like the absolutely nothing afterwards. Like yeah, he's not looking for happened. any splendor. Like what's crazy is that other than Sanji and I think maybe Brooke, nobody in the fucking crew knows what happens to Zoro. Yeah, like that's not you know like they're not singing his praises about it. You know. Yeah, and it's shit like that that is also really cool because it's the sacrifice that comes with it. Zoro didn't do that to be praised. Not at all. And he never will be praised for it. Like, and so that's the, that also goes into that larger in life thing. Like when, when people are like that, they don't do that for accommodations. Yeah. It's amazing. So as I'm reading Wano and these ridiculous things keep happening. Uh, also you find out about rocks pirates. 
And Kaido God Valley. God Valley, Kaido and Big Mom were on Rox's ship, and Rox was the rival of Goldie Roger. So it's like now you have this other dynamic where those two used to be shipmates because at first they say they're going to make an alliance. In the middle of the arc, they just decide, like, we're going to join up. And it's it's really kind of like, wait, what? At first, <laughs> you're thinking she showed up for beef. Like, she showed up to fight, to fuck shit up. Come to find out, they start an alliance and you don't quite get it. Because when they showed them, they showed them drinking together. It's so cool how Oda sets it up. You see those two drinking. All of the pirates on both of them are like, yo, what is going on? They're not killing each other. They're drinking and they have their arms around each other. And it's one of the scariest panels in all of One Piece. Uh, I like Dressrosa a lot. But where I guess Dressrosa isn't as great as this arc, if I had to compare it, is because these are the upper echelon. This is the top of the top. There's nothing higher than these people. Mm-hmm. Like this is like Doflamingo, Shichibukai, very powerful guy, very powerful guy. Um, great feats and all that stuff, right? He's the first one that we ever saw use Awakening, which plays a big part in this arc, and they set it up perfectly. But like, there's something you know, there's something higher than him. When you're watching Big Mom and Kaido join hands, you notice there's nothing over them. These yeah, are the like two where, strongest pirates in the world. These are these two we, are the strongest. Where we go from here, it's just like Shanks, Blackbeard, yes. and then like. Akainu. Like, and Shanks I, and Blackbeard, as far as we know, and as far as the bounties tell us, like they are obviously Yonkos too, but they're not on these two's level. Like these are the two. Like mm. these are also the two because they are the oldest. And I think that like age definitely plays a part in uh power level, it seems like in One Piece. Yeah, yeah. It just seems like that actually is a factor. Like your age, like being like the fact that 20 years ago they were on Rocks Pirates and they've gotten so much stronger now. That they both can pretty much like they both have the power to end the world and stuff like that. Like they they are the two pirates that are the most notorious. They have the highest bounties. They're insane. Which, I just go ahead. By the way, there's so fucking much that happens in this arc because when they show the rocks pirates flashback where they have the battle at God Valley and they show like Garp and Gold Roger fighting on the same side. Yeah, and then that's when you find out like. You, don't, you still don't find out the real reason, but that's when you find out, like, I think Sengoku says, like, when Garp returned from God Valley is, like, when he kind of vowed that he would never go higher than Vice Admiral. Yep. Because everybody knows, like, Garp could have been an Admiral, and he always turned down the promotion. There's, like, a really cute scene in the Robin flashback where Aokiji, Al- before he's an Admiral, he, uh... He's like, oh, Garp Sensei, like, when are you going to become an Admiral? Like, I heard they nominated you again. And Garp's just like, ah, shut up. Um, he never goes higher than Vice Admiral because once you go to Admiral, you are at the beck and call of like the Ten Rubitu, the 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 Five Elder Stars, yep. the Celestial Dragons, and like Garp is disgusted by them. So, ah, dude, they like showed us a glimpse of God Valley, and it's like now we know there's going to be so much more. Yeah, and also seeing Young Big Mom because she was like skinny and hot, right? Am I crazy? No, she was bad. Like, like she, all, all I'm saying is, I understand how she has so many kids now. Like, Big Mom could get it. Because I was a little confused. Day. I was like, wait, that's Big Mom? Because didn't we get a flashback a long time ago of Big Mom as a kid? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, like, when she ate, she clearly ate the lady who... Yeah, yeah. Like, she yeah, ate... She, she, ate she, she ate Mother Caramel and, like, all of her siblings. Yes, and she that's how she got the fruit. Because that Mother Caramel had the actual spirit, spirit fruit, right? Yep, yep. Okay. And then she she ended up getting it like a fucking titan shifter. She just, she was like, fuck it, I'll eat you. So I'm wondering, cause that, you know, 
in, in One Piece, nothing is just thrown away. Like, she ate someone and got their devil fruit power. That's mm-hmm. not normally how you get devil fruit powers. If the person, you know what I mean? Like, Marshall D. Teach waited uh, to get the fruit that he has. Uh, you know, it had to be re- it had to be kind of reborn into the world for him to get it. And that's the one that he sought after. He was studying it in a book, and he really wanted that one. And when someone else got it, he killed him for it, right? That's what that's the story of yep. Marshall D. Teach. And that's kind of the way we've always been taught. Like, oh, devil fruit, if the person dies, their fruit will go back into the world somewhere, it'll be reborn somewhere, it could be anywhere. And yeah, you have to go find it again. Uh, but Big Mom fully ate someone. And got their power. Now we didn't get to actually like see her eating the woman or anything, but you know what happened. And yeah, yeah. You hear it. It's a, I'm pretty sure like the it says like crunch crunch. Yeah, and, like it's insane. She's like crying and yeah, it's it's, a bunch of it's very heavily insinuated that she eats people. Um and you know, she eats one of her crewmates too. That's like the one of the first panels of Big Mom is her being gigantic and like this little guy, forget his name. This little guy, like, he comes back with some bad news, and she fucking eats him. Like, she just fully eats him. So, anyways, just seeing these, like, ridiculously large-in-life characters when they're younger, and how they were actually cool with each other, they were in the same uh, crew. So, it's like Sanji and Zoro, right? Like, at one point, imagine those two being on Luffy's crew, and then Luffy dies. Years later, they have their own, they go their separate ways, and they have, they become the two strongest in the seas. Yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah, like we're technically enemies, but not really. Like, I don't really have a real reason to hate you. Like, dude, how sick would that be? Like, just like seeing Sanji and Zoro, yeah, like 46 years old with pirate crews. Well, it <laughs> seems like that's what happens, though. And I'm kind of sad to say that I do think that the ending of One Piece might result in Luffy dying. Um, Oda, oh, I, I think for sure Luffy dies by the end. I, and the only reason I'm saying that is because. Oda has made it clear a couple times that Luffy's health is impacted by his devil fruit. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that Joy Boys probably was too. And Gold Roger, we don't know exactly why. I don't think they blatantly said what was wrong with Roger, right? But like, he. No, they didn't tell us the exact sickness, but he knew because <laughs> the doctor that we met all the way back at Laboon, like, diagnosed him and. Yeah, Roger knew that he was going to die. Roger wasn't old. Like, he wasn't old, old. Um, So it's just interesting. I think that Luffy's fate is the same as these people. Like, he's going to die pretty young overall. Uh, and 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 it seems like they keep showing us these really great pirates of history and their crews and how, when they die, their crewmen end up going out and becoming larger in life just like them. Like Kaido and Big Mom have taken the mantle of rocks, pirates, right? And mm-hmm. Gold Roger, like, you know, like his, the people in his, sh- like Shank, you know, all of those guys. Yeah. Shanks is now, same thing. Uh, Whitebeard. Even Buggy, Buggy, funnily enough, like Buggy's a huge pirate name in the world now. Yeah. He's a Shichibukai, or now they disbanded it, but, and that's another big thing that happened in this arc. The Shichibukai just randomly got disbanded. Yep. And they're actually trying to arrest them. Dude, when they show up, they should like show up to Boa's Island, and she's like, "What the fuck are you doing?" I love and they show up, up to Mihawk's Island. They show up, dude. It's so dope because before they show up, Mihawk tells Perona to leave. He's like, "You," she's like, "Mihawk's like, it's going to get bad around here. Like, you got to leave." And like, <sighs> hey, I'm sorry, but like they, they don't want it with Mihawk. All right, yeah, Mihawk they got to consider. They got to send Takazuki himself. Like, they got to send a real one to go get Mihawk. Yes. 
Oh man, there's so much I want to say, and I feel like there's just never enough time in the world. But the Kuma thing—they show Kuma completely turned into a slave, and he's just like fucking, just a complete like robots. Oh no, that that was shown in the arc previous, actually. Yeah. But they show like Kuma as a slave and with the jewelry Bonnie thing. Um, they hint to something happened with Sabo. I don't think we fully know what we, happened. Yo, to Sabo that yet. started to scare me. There's news that spread. They spent the whole two chapters on this. The uh. Whatever the news is called, the one fucking pelican looking thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he uh he has this news station and you see how grimy he is. He'll print stories and do all kinds of salacious, nasty back shit. But at the end of the day, he's like, I still have to print like, you know, what really happens, even if the world government is trying to pay me to stop me. Like they send CP0 after this man. They send like all they send people to kill him. They're like, yo, mm-hmm. if you print that story. We will take you out. And he like, somehow he overpowers the guy that they sent. The guy they sent must not have been very strong. Uh, you see, or, like, or this pelican's broken. <laughs> or he's broken. And I thought about that too. I was like, ah. And then you see uh, Rob Lucci comes back. At, they, there's a panel with him in it. Uh, but yeah, there's this whole, they spent his whole two chapters talking about the incident and how it's shaking up the world. And you see people in prison and impel down and all types of shit talking yes. about like, how crazy like the world is the world is about to get crazy again like things are Dude, about and to that happen. that all goes into the fact that wano is a closed off country the straw hats have no fucking idea what's happening in the rest of the world right now yep and, and the wait. rest of the world is going crazy also there's this in- so i think that i know the way this arc is going to end obviously i do think luffy is going to beat uh kaido right like you know his new power is insane um but they made it clear randomly in the third act that Nico Robin is the actual asset. And I think that she's going to get captured. I, I do think that that's, I think that the end of everything, when Luffy is done, he's exhausted. Gear fifth. Kaido's done. Kaido's going to get arrested. Big mom's probably going to get arrested. Uh, or something's going to happen to those two. Big mom already fell in the water. So maybe she might not actually get arrested, but um, she's, she's, she's fucked up pretty bad. Like she actually, that was also dope. I, I do like though, even though like big mom took a loss, I like that. It's not like it was an easy loss. No, like it took they did at, a lot. Dude. And kid and law aren't joke characters. No. Like kid and law, they're like the they same, are, they're like with Luffy. Yeah. Like, they're, they're in the same like group. They're not as strong as him, but they are in the same like echelon, right? Like they're in yeah. that, they're in the conversation with Luffy. Dude. The panel, I love the panel when it's like before they go to Unagashima and it shows it's Luffy, Kid, and Law, and it says when you're on the sea, you fight pirates or whatever, mm-hmm. and it shows the three of them next to each other. I fucking love that. I panel. like their that their uh, teamwork between those three anyway, and I really like Trafalgar Law and uh, Kid together fighting against Big Mom. It took two of them, whereas Luffy's like solo and Kaido. Uh, I really, really like seeing their awakenings. Uh, kid surprised me a lot. I didn't expect him to be so fucking cool, but he's basically Magneto now. Yeah, he is. And if you guys do not know, but Magneto is an Omega level mutant. So for people who are sleeping on how powerful magnetism is, just know in every anime and genre I've ever seen, magnetism is always tier fucking zero. It's always broken as fuck. And he has magnetism and he can do all kinds of shit, like create magnetic fields on a person and make them attract things uh, that will kill normal people that are not named Big Mom. Yeah, dude. Another g- amazing thing they did with this arc is everything they did with Killer, and because re- before now, you weren't really endeared to Kid and Killer. Um, but this arc, when it gets revealed that the the guy that Zoro fought with the Scythes, like that's Killer, 
and he was forced to eat a smile fruit. And like yeah. now we haven't even gotten into oh the actual heartbreaking thing with oh the uh or like leftover town and w- everything that happened with the smile fruits basically what smile fruits do is if it's a defective one it i think like only five percent of them actually do what they're supposed to do so one out of Most ten of actually give you one out of ten actually work that means that yeah. if ten people take it literally one of them will get the power and the other nine will lose their emotions and all they can do is basically smile and laugh the only thing they can do is smile and laugh and they they still feel the emotions they yep. still feel sadness so they, but they you'll can't, see tears coming down their eyes but they can't express it and they do an amazing arc and this is something else about one piece that i think is amazing and how you were saying it's very larger than life but i think this is something else that one piece does better than a lot of these other stories whether it be dbz bleach naruto black clover whatever yeah is every single arc can tell its own like there are stories like the story of leftover town and everything that goes into it if you could like cut that out and make it its own anime and it would be an amazing anime yes the story of how doflamingo took over dressrosa the the crocodile on arabasta island like all of these little things like <laughs> yeah. nico robin and cp9 these like there's a lot of these self-contained stories in in arcs that are so fucking well written and and like can evoke so much emotion that they they feel like Rebecca and uh and Kiros her father and the toy soldier like these little stories and like in these flashbacks they're so fucking good that they could be like their own yeah, anime. Yeah, the entire lore of Odin before you actually again Oda built up Odin so much that I started to think that they were capping. I thought yeah. his retainers were literally lying because everyone else thinks that they're liars anyway. Yep. Orochi keeps talking about it too. It's a cool thing. We're all over the place, I know, but like there's a cool thing about how Orochi is so afraid of them, even though mm-hmm. they're technically supposed to all be dead. He's so afraid of them, and everyone thinks that he's kind of crazy and they kind of peg him to be a liar, but then the retainer, they're all still alive. And it's really cool because it doesn't make sense. It's like, well, how could they possibly have survived that? Like, they're supposed to come back on a specific night, 20 years into the future. Like, there's this whole lore about it. And Orochi's the only one who really believes it. Everyone else is like, it's all cat. And so yeah. when they're talking about Odin, it kind of does make the reader think, like, maybe some of this shit is cat. Like, maybe it's, <laughs> maybe, maybe it's not real. And it just turns out to be real. But that entire story of Odin by itself is worthy of a movie. Like, that could be a movie. That could be a movie. It's like really this entire good. this entire Odin thing could be a movie. Odin and him meeting Roger and him meeting Whitebeard and that entire thing with the retainers and how they each join him. That's its own adventure. Like Odin could have been the protagonist of an entire story. A hundred percent. And then the the leftover town, the Okabara town. I don't remember how to say it. And then Yasu, who was like a formal, a former. Um, I don't remember if he was a shogun or whatever, but. He wasn't a shogun, but he was like a former super important person. Yeah. And Yasu had the small fruit and he gets executed. And then him and Zoro have like a great connection. There's like these great Zoro chapters with Zoro and Yasu. And then he gets executed. And then like all of his people are crying. There's tears in their eyes, but they're laughing and stuff as he gets executed. And like they're, they almost like make fun of it. Like, ah, oh, like even your own people are like laughing at your death, but it's yeah. like, they're all crying, and it's such a fucking heartbreaking moment. Yeah, it's insane. There's a lot in this arc. There's also, you brought up Zoro, and it made me think about something else. They go back into Zoro's past in this arc. Yeah! 
Bro, people talk about how Zoro doesn't really have any real like backstory or character development, but now he's like he's actually getting some real development with the whole. So in this arc, he runs across a swordsmith, a legendary swordsmith at that. And there's this whole thing about how he got the sword that he has. Uh, it got stolen right at one point. And uh, Ryoma's sword. Yes. It gets stolen. I think it's like a shoe or something like that. Uh, yeah, I'm not good with the name. Only remember, only name I know right now is Enma. That's the that's the yeah. one right now. Well, Zoro's the white sword that he got from his childhood friend. I know that's called the Wado Ichimonji, mm-hmm. and I think Ryoma's sword was called the Shusui. Okay, so the one that was originally from Wano. Yes, and that one's easy to remember because Shusui. You think about Naruto, the guy with the Kodo Matsukami, the most powerful Genjutsu, and all that nonsense. Um. So yes, Zoro. His sword gets stolen in this arc. He's trying to get it back. He comes across this defending cat demon thing that ends up being like a little wolf. That whole thing is cool to me too. Mm-hmm. That, that entire arc about them, uh, him and the Kappa collecting the swords together so that that way, yeah. 20 years in the future, I know they're going to come back and we need to make sure they have enough weapons. And so the, and the little, the little pup had been there the entire time, like guarding this area. Uh, but point is, so Zoro, he runs to a swordsmith who's examining like the blades that he has. And he's like, yo, these are some of the legendary blades, but they haven't become black blades yet. And you mm-hmm. know, there's like 21 of them and all this other stuff, all this crazy lore. Again, I messaged Kenny one night and I was like, I think one piece does a better job at being a sword anime than actual sword animes. It really does. <laughs> like think about really all the cool does. sword animes that you've ever seen. And like Ken Chan, Samurai Champloo, Bleach, there's a lot of Demon Slayer. Demon Slayer. There's a lot of anime that do swords, and like that's the main thing. I think One Piece's sword lore is so much better than all of them. And One Piece is not a sword anime, but when it delves into its sword lore, it is so fucking good. Like it's amazing. So I'm a big fan of like seeing Zoro's backstory. His old master. They give some some backstory on him as well. Uh, do you want to elaborate on this a bit? Yeah, I mean, from what I remember, it's been a little bit since I read it, but from yeah. what I remember, in even way, way back then, they hint that Zoro's old master was from Wano. They don't blatantly say it, yeah. but he says that he's from a different land of samurai and stuff uh-huh. and things like that. And uh, and so, you know, we had he's also the one that um in quotes taught Zoro hockey. And you see this way back when he fights Mr. One. But when he says, like, you know, a sword can cut anything or cut nothing and, like, he can't cut a piece of paper. Um, but anyway, there's him and then there's also, like, the swordsmith and they show him. And he's fucking, if I remember, he's pretty ugly. But he's... He's, like, this really but, long nose, right? In, like, a mask I, or something? Yeah, yeah. Okay. But they show, I know they show, he's got, like, a kind of, if I remember, like, a squarish head. Like, yeah, a pretty yeah. square head. But they show the swordsmith on, um on uh Z- whatever island Zoro's from and um, if i remember he's the one that made Zoro sword the Wado Ichimonji and he's also the one that made um Odin swords right yeah and, uh, and the other one i forget the other one but one of them slices the heavens one of them sl- like cuts into hell yeah yeah so it yeah i i that whole lore about them getting some Zoro backstory in this arc was amazing uh it <laughs> why did so much happen like this arc That's so much we we haven't talked about everything. There's the tournament where he's with Hiogoro and he learns like he re, like go really goes into learning Rio. There's yes. fucking and he's trying there, his hardest and he, he keeps on fucking people up. There's like 
there's more about like the kid and killer backstory, and there's fucking Zoro versus King. Um, Zoro versus King is wild. Also, King is like a completely different species. His wings yeah. are actually like that's not part of his Zoan at oh. all. Also, King has like a flashback of when he meets Kaido, and I think that's a really endearing flashback too, because like Kaido right now is like the villain of the arc, and yeah. I think even though I already really liked Kaido, um, just in general, that flashback also does a really good job at further humanizing him. Because you see Kaido when he's younger, and Kaido and King are talking about being King of the Pirates, and it really feels like they're in the same position as Luffy and Zoro. It does, because at one point, King says, are you going to be the man to like become the next Pirate King? Yeah. And Kaido like affirms him that, yes, I'm going to be the next Pirate King. And he's like, then I will follow you to the end of the world. Yep, and... And they meet in a similar way. Kaido saves King. King's like being tortured or whatever. That's how Luffy and Zoro meet. Yeah. Zoro is being tortured and going to be executed when Luffy meets him and saves him. So Kaido, so they do a really cool job of showing like Kaido and King have like a, a very similar relationship to Zoro and Luffy. And it really humanizes it Kaido. It did humanize Kaido. More. A lot of things about Kaido are really cool. Uh, the, the whole thing about him being honorable in fights, like he doesn't want to win a certain way. But I do like that he's not ridiculous. If someone interferes and they fuck up his opponent, he's like, all right, well, the fight's over. I'll just end it. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, like, what, like what else am I going to do? At the end of the day, I, like, I, st- I don't, I don't want to die. He's not ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's not, he's not going to like, like Ichigo, <laughs> Ichigo after he transformed into his uh, Vaste Lorde's form and destroyed, uh, what's his name? What's the Ukiura? After he destroys Ukiura, he, Ukiura is like, all right. I'm fucking destroyed here. Like you just ruined me. Ichigo's like, yo, let's continue our fight as though, you know, it didn't happen. And he's like, well, be, that's funny, but you actually destroyed all my internal organs. So I'm actually dead already. Um, <laughs> Ichigo's just being ridiculous. Like he's being absolutely fucking ridiculous. Like this is your enemy. There's no real honor in this. Like he captured your girlfriend and was going to kill her. Like yep. at the end of the day, I don't give a fuck how he ended up losing the fight. Fact is whatever came out of you fucked him up real bad. You need to just kill his ass. Yeah, and it's so, just like it's the whole idea. Like, why? Well, I, I guess you just didn't have enough to reach the summit. Yep. Like Kaido's, like, well, it sucks that this is the way it had to happen. But at the end of the day, the winner gets to tell the story. Yep. That's yep. kind of how he carries it. So, it to him when Odin got snuck and and went after what he thought was his kid, right? It's like, all right, well, Kaido still took the W and still shot him and killed Odin. Like he still, yeah, he still fully killed that man. He took the win. He he wasn't happy about it, but he took the win, and then he just killed everybody that got in his way. That mm. one CP0 member, like... <laughs> yes. He got smacked. Yeah, I like when uh, they show specifically uh, Kaido killing people. There, there's Orochi, there's a one scene where Orochi starts like, yo, Kaido, what the fuck? Uh, what are you doing? Because he says his plan is to lift up the entire like thing, and he's going to move it into the flower capital. Mm-hmm. He's like, yo, you can't do that. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> and mid sentence, he just cuts his head off. Kaido's like, "Who are you? Like, dude, I'm I'm Kaido." And like, the panel is so good too, because I've been waiting for Roshi to get his. And I love when a a little sneaky, slimy character like that just gets that kind of death, that quick death. That's like you're insignificant. Like you, you're not gonna get people be wanting like torture and then to go out in this horrible, horrible way. And like, yes, sometimes that's really nice to get, but it's also nice to see them be killed so matter of factly. Yeah, just like a psych though. Like Kaido just killed him. Like he just. He just killed Orochi so easily. At the time, you're like, oh, Orochi, like that? When I saw that, I was like, wow. Like, yeah, yeah, just, yeah. Like, he actually just fucking fully killed that man. 
wild. I but mean, then he's, he's a hydra, but whatever. Then he ends up dying in a in a fire. So, but <clears throat> I guess he, that is how he ends up dying, right? Like he he's uh, Kamurasaki, I think it is, and she reveals that she's actually Odin's daughter. Yeah, that shit's hype. I don't. Yeah. I still. I don't know if he's dead yet, though. I don't know. He might not um, be like officially. Yeah, because in One Piece, the only reason you're saying it is because it's because of One Piece. Yeah, yeah. If it wasn't One Piece, you would have said he was dead. Because when we the last we saw him, he was literally burning, and yeah. Kamurasaki was like, "You guard your tongue, don't ever speak about my father." And he was confused, like, "What the fuck?" Yeah. And then that's when she revealed, like, "I'm actually uh, Kozuki." You know. But it's getting late. But we, I mean, we got to keep going because there's we still haven't really touched on the reason why you got caught up. So we gotta. Even though there's a lot we haven't oh, talked about yes, yet, we yes, gotta yes. we gotta just get to yes. it. We gotta get yeah. to the the So he was like, all right, he was like, all right, heartbeat, like play that funky beat or whatever. Like he was like, he was like, that wasn't the way my heart sounded. Oh, okay, this is how my heart sounds. Do you know when that shit is animated, it's gonna go up? It's gonna go up. I'm so hyped for the doom dot dot. It's gonna it's about to go up. So anyway, so Joy Boy has been talked about for a very long time, especially post time skip. We hear about it a couple times, and even in the Goldie Roger flashback that we get, Odin's flashback, uh, <laughs> when he reads one of the pawn glyphs, it says something about Joy Boy on it. Yep. And you know, there's this whole thing about the voice of all things. Uh, Roger has this weird ability. They uh, Big Mom alludes to it too. And Odin. Roger and Odin. Yeah, Odin has it. Odin can blatantly read pwn glyphs, though, right? Yeah, yeah, but That's he can read pwn glyphs. If I remember correctly, it's because they're written in a Wano language. Yes. So they needed. It's cool how it works. Like Roger needed uh, Odin to read pwn glyphs, and Big Mom was under the impression, which we now we don't know if she was correct or not. But she said he used that weird ability he has to hear the voice of all things, and. She thought that he was reading them himself. We now know that Odin was the one who blatantly deciphered them for Roger. Yeah. Like Roger was not reading poem glyphs. As far as far as as far as what the manga showed us, Roger yeah. was not blatantly going around just reading poem glyphs with some voice. He did not but hear. He was, but yeah. he was able to talk to sea kings and shit. Yes. So he does still. The voice of all things is not like a uh, myth. Like that is real. Uh, it's been confirmed. That's real. Everyone who pretty much knows him knows that he has this ability. We don't fully understand it yet, but the other person who seems to have it is blatantly Luffy. Luffy and, just like Roger and Odin, Luffy and um, Odin's son. Um, Momonosuke. Like, Momonosuke. He blatantly has it too, yes. Like 100% Momonosuke has it. Uh, he keeps on saying how he was hearing the island Zoe when it was approaching, right? Like he was hearing. Yeah. He's like, what the fuck? Like, what is that? And then he was communicating with it. It's like, it's telling me something, but I'm not sure if I'm understanding it correctly. And then you come to find out. When Zoe showed up, I was like, he was like, I can feel him. He's close again. It's been 800 years since that crime, uh, you know, Joy Boy. And then they show Luffy smiling, and then like his face is becoming what looks like, I guess, like melted rubber, kind of. Yeah, yeah. That the, the way that one chapter ends, but uh, and then it says Joy Boy's back, blatantly, like really yeah. big on the panel by Oda. Joy Boy. Like. Yeah, like Joy Boy is back. And that was huge for a, a lot of reasons. It has been speculated that Luffy was Joy Boy because at this point, I'm going to be honest, everything has been speculated. So, like, someone had already thought of, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. People think that Luffy's Gold Roger. Uh, yeah. People think Luffy's Joy Boy. People think Luffy, you know, reincarnation of Roger. Like, they think like, every, there's so many 
and th- these things could be true, right? Like we don't know. Like yeah. I, I didn't. Really I mean, One Piece is so long, right? Yes. It gives you so much time to make theories. Yes. So there's so many theories on the internet. Uh, one of them was that Luffy is Joy Boy. It turns out that that is actually true. Like not literally Joy Boy, but he has the exact same devil fruit. So they do this really cool panel in the chapter <sighs> after you first see Luffy is Joy Boy type of thing. The world government starts with the world government, and they're talking about. Uh, actually, let me back up a little bit more. Yeah, Jim, yeah, yeah. Jim Bay is fighting against who's who. Oh, baby. First son of the sea. This is so good. Jim Bay also in this arc is OP as fuck. Jesus Christ, yes. Jim Bay is Dude. OP as fuck in this arc. I love his fight with who's who, by the way. I love the part where, like, who's who's just being racist. Yes. And Jim Bay's like, that's so out of style. Yes. Like, he's like, <laughs> like, Jim Bay's just like, relax. <laughs> he was blatantly being racist, which. I, I wasn't ready for it because I was I kind of liked who's who. I'm not going to lie. And then he started being ridiculous. And I was like, Ugh. yeah, yeah. Uh, but OK, so he's fighting who's who. And he brings up how a long time ago he was fucked over by the fruit that Thanks. he was. Guard- yeah, the fruit that he was guarding got stolen and he got pretty much like imprisoned for it or like excommunicated for it. It was a whole big thing. It ruined his life, essentially. And that fruit was to go going my that's a chapter that happens a while before Luffy's revealed to be like a Jordan. year ago, dog. Like yes. in like in real time, I I've read that I've read that not in 2022, I'll tell you that. I'll tell you that much. Yes. Like, I definitely read it somewhere in like mid to early 2021, I feel like. Yes. So it's been a long time since Who's Who's made that random comment about uh I was guarding the Goma Goma no Mai, which I immediately messaged you like instantly. I was like, <laughs> what the fuck? Why was the Goma going up? Like the rubber, rubber fruit was being guarded by the world government and it was <laughs> stolen. Like immediately that. And then I started thinking like, okay, well, Shanks is the one who gave it to Luffy, right? Like he's the one who had it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Shanks is the one who had the fruit. Like how did Shanks, we still don't know, but like how did Shanks end up with the fruit? What's the backstory on that? So that left a question in my mind, but I was like, of course that means that that fruit is special. Like, I don't know how special, I didn't know how special, I didn't know the depths of it. But then after Luffy gets hit by Kaido with Ragnarok, and he's basically dead. Like, literally everyone says, I can't hear Luffy's voice. Momonosuke says, I can't hear Luffy's voice anymore. Mm-hmm. And you know, Momonosuke has that voice of all things going on as well. Uh, other people other people talk about they don't feel Luffy's, like, hockey anymore. His energy is gone completely. So Luffy, for all intents and purposes, died. Like, it is, as, as quick as it might have been. Everyone essentially is confirming like Luffy is dead. And mm-hmm. when the next chapter, when it starts with the world government and they're talking at what's that place called? Mary Joa or whatever. Yeah. It's like Mary. I don't know. How I don't know how to say it either. Yeah. I just say Mary Joa. Cause it sounds, it just sound, that sounds people say cool. like Mary Joe's. Yeah. I, it might be Mary, Mary Joa. Yeah. I'll say Mary Joa. I just think it sounds cool. Mary I, Hope. Yeah. No. <laughs> so they're at Mary Joa and the, they're talking those fucking, I don't even know. What are those people called? Those like the five elders. Cars. The old, yeah. The old men with the long beards and the cool ass. They look they, so cool. They are the five. I will never, because they've done pretty much nothing yet. Yes. in the Series. Literally. Nothing. But they've, they got introduced like 800 chapters ago and I will never forget their fucking moniker. They're called the five elder stars. And I was like, these guys are going to be fucked up. Yes. I don't know when they're going to be fucked up. They're so cool. They're going to be the fucked up. The first chapter where they're introduced, like, and Kuma and everything with the Bible, uh, oh. so good. So they're talking about the Goma Goma no Mai, and they're saying, it's the only, it's the only uh, fruit that's evaded us for the last 800 years. 
Yeah, they also said, like, we lied, we changed the name of it. Yep. So you you find out, like, okay, it's not called the Gomu Gomu no Mi. And then, uh, yeah, they say, so this is what's cool, is that they say that this fruit has evaded us almost as if it has a will of its own for 800 years. Yes. Uh, they say it's and- not, they say mythic Zoans is not uncharacteristic. Okay, they first say that Zoans are known to have their own will. Mm-hmm. They, they say they say zones are just known to have their own will, and it's not surprising that a mythic zone would be able to, uh, like, literally impart its will onto the user, but also literally evade us. Yeah, and so what's interesting about that is when who's who came in came into what when who's who got the gomu gomu no mi. This was the first time the government had their hands on it, and then he ends up losing it, and that's why he ends up going to prison because. They've never been able to fully secure it, whereas Who's Who was supposed to be delivering it to the government, and then he ends up losing it, and et cetera. Yeah, and so they're talking about it, and then they just reveal, like, it's a mythic zone fruit, and it's... So the way they do it, it's the, it's called the human-human fruit in reality. And uh, so same as Choppers, which at first I was like, what? Mm-hmm. But then you find out, just like uh, Sengoku's, it has kind of like a code... Because Sengoku also has the human-human fruit. He does. Sengoku has it. Chopper has it, I think. Uh, there's a couple people who actually... There's actually a couple people in One Piece who have a human-human fruit, but they they all have, like, a code name to them, too. So Sengoku's yeah. is Buddha, I think. Yep. And yeah, yeah. They That's the thing with zones in general. Um, they have models. Yes. Right? So, for example, in Drum Island, <clears throat> there's a... <clears throat> sorry. Kenny's, um, Kenny's a little sick. <laughs> yeah. There's Dalton. He has the the ox ox fruit model bison, um, and then there's somebody else that has like the ox ox fruit, and it's a different model. I and you notice this throughout the entire arc. I think Oda wanted to. He really wanted to drop that home too, because I remember I said I didn't know the depths of how many different zones there would be. But there's yeah. so many dinosaurs, right? And every time they show a dinosaur zone, they say model Tyrannosaurus, model Pterodactyl, model Spinosaurus. So mm-hmm. you get it's like nothing comes without a bit of a buildup. Not like yeah, yeah. And like throughout the entire arc, you keep on seeing model this, model that, model this, model that, and it kind of becomes a little redundant after a while. Like I get it, this is a dinosaur. I can tell it's a dinosaur. I know it's a dinosaur, <laughs> but it all builds up to when you see Sun God Nika as the model. It's like oh shit, <laughs> <laughs> oh shit, like model oh, name Sun God Nika. I was like. Oh, because I'm like human, human fruit. Don't most people have the human, human fruit, but it's like, it's not quite the same. Yep. And this draws very serious connections all the way back to Skypea. And there's basically Oda has said m- multiple times that Skypea is one of his favorite arcs and that Skypea and like so many people just hate on Skypea, uh, you know, whatever. I think they're crazy. I, I love Skypea. But so many people hate on Skypea, and Oda has said so many times that Skypea is very important, and it's one of his favorite arcs, and one of his favorite scenes ever is that something he drew in Skypea. And, uh, yeah, so I I, I think, oh, man. It's it's <laughs> it's too good. It's, it's insane. Uh, okay, the world government also does say that they start talking about the actual capabilities of this fruit. Now, this is where it gets ridiculous. <laughs> this is where it gets ridiculous because it's one thing Literally for like, ridiculous. oh, 
us to have gotten Luffy's Double Fruit wrong for uh, 1,042 chapters, right? Like, there's 1,042 chapters where we were all under the impression that that was the Goma Goma no Mi, and that was just what it was. And then 1043 happens, come to find out. Actually, get 10, I guess 1044 is when the world government has this conversation about it being the Sun God Nika fruit, human, human. And it's a mythic zone, not a paramecia. So many things. Kaido was questioning as he was fighting. He was like, those characteristics are not that. Um, they say that the ability, yes, it does make the user's body rubber-like, but it also gives them the ability to do whatever they want. And the only limitation is their own imagination. And I'm like, what the actual fuck does that mean? Like, you can't go from rubber, rubber fruit to the ability of the fruit in reality is to do anything. And the only limit is your imagination. They say on panel, they say it might be or no, they say it is the most ridiculous fruit in the world. But something I think is cool is that the word ridiculous and not like strongest. They don't yeah. say it's like the strongest. They say it's the most ridiculous, which is actually so accurate because it is so ridiculous. I think that the panel I read, the translation I read says something about, I don't know. I don't know if it used the word strongest, but it was like, it is the most dangerous. I think I, I'll, I'll use that adjective. I think it said that it was like the most dangerous. Yeah. The uh, panel I read said ridiculous, yeah. which I thought was really funny. Yeah. There's, and a, then, there's a ton of them. That calls back to a really old thing where, you know, Oda gets asked questions and he answers them in the One Piece volumes. And somebody asked, like, you know, most main characters have, like, really strong powers. Like, I think the person might have referenced, like, the Nine-Tailed Fox and Naruto. Yeah. And Oda said that he wanted, you know, Luffy to be, like, more lighthearted and stuff. And Oda says, in, and I feel like it's an intentional callback, Oda says in, like, this Q&A, he says, like, he wanted Luffy's power to be ridiculous. And oh, well, well, here we are a thousand chapters later. He's quite fucking ridiculous. Yeah, it's it's a lot. Uh, Okay, yes. So I see a translation here. The most ridiculous power in the world. It this is so good. It is allegedly the most ridiculous power in the world. It's almost as the fruit itself is evading us. Well, that's not impossible. All zone fruits have a will of their own. And this one is a god model, is one of the gods says. So, um, and in reality, it's a mythic zone, and it's the human human fruit, Sun God Nika. And that's when they show, I guess, Luffy silhouette, right? Like, yeah, and he's fucking smiling. And, and it's it's so cool when like the the elephant Zoe says like he sound because I think a lot of people thought Luffy was going to be possessed by Joy Boy, but. I don't think that's what happened. I think what happened was he just kind of unlocked the powers that Joy that so Joy Boy had this devil fruit is what I how I understand it. Yeah, Joy whoever Boy, Joy Boy Joy is, he had this devil fruit, and then Luffy finally unlocked those powers that Joy Boy also used, and that's when like his heartbeat was fucking his heart was beaten like literally beating differently. Yeah, and, he, he says uh, I feel like anything's possible now. I can keep fighting a bit longer. My heartbeat sounds funny. This is yeah. my peak gear fifth. <laughs> this is chapter 1044 i'm quoting it directly but like luffy is blatantly talking about like i, I activated gear fifth they show him kind of with the moon in the background and he looks like a cartoon character like fully cartoon he looks so cartoony and i love it it's something i love about oda it's because i think everybody thought whenever if you type on 
the internet, it might be hard to find now, but so many people had like, this is what Gear Fifth will look like. And it always looks super mega uber badass. Yeah. And it's like, that was never the direction it was going to go. And like, yeah, I actually like, so, okay, I mentioned this to Kenny uh, when I finally caught up. So I went on Reddit for the chapter where Luffy actually started fighting. So 1044 is where Kaido is back inside of Onigashima. Like he's inside uh, with everybody else and he's inside the, the mansion. And uh, he looks up because everyone notices they hear Luffy, I guess. Like I, like everyone, everyone notices Luffy's energy, his aura, his power. He comes back. A really cool part is like Nami and Otama still think he's dead. And they're like kind of crying. And they're like, there's no way Luffy's dead. But Nami isn't like an advanced hockey user. And so there's a quick panel where Marco has to, Marco says like, hey, by the way, Luffy's like back. So um, Kaido looks up because um, he can feel Luffy's presence or so he assumes, and then Luffy reaches his hand down from the roof and grabs Kaido's dragon form like it's a little baby snake. And his arm is huge. His arm is... I can't imagine how big... He, so you gotta think about how big Kaido actually is. Kaido in dragon form is so... Out, they showed him slithering next to a human body before. They, like, we're tiny compared... Like, we're so tiny compared to him. The way Luffy's hand just reaches down casually to grab him is the same way kids would just grab a garden snake. Yep. It's literally akin to he yanks him back up to the roof and was like, yo, you're fighting me now. Like, don't forget about that. Uh, it's insane. And then the entire thing that proceeds after that is just straight up cartoon, like big eyes popping out, Luffy doing all kinds of shit, including Kaido does burst breath at one point, and Luffy's like eyes get really big and they pop out, and he lifts up the ground. The ground becomes rubberized and he blocks it, but then he also reflects it. Yeah. Yeah, and Kaido's dude, like, what the fuck? There's a part where Kaido eats Luffy, and then Luffy does, like, Fusen. He does the balloon in Kaido, like, making his body all big. And then Luffy reaches his hands, arms, out of Kaido's eyes and, like, grabs Kaido's nose. Yep. And then, like, flings himself out of Kaido's eyes, like, something that you can't do. But yeah, you literally Because Luffy do. is just... He's literally Bugs Bunny right now. He's too He's just it. fucking... Just doing whatever he wants. And I like that the whole manga is becoming a cartoon. Like, all of the characters' eyes are popping out. Like, yes. every, everything has become so silly. Uh, just the way, so, and people think that this is like, how was he doing this? But if you remember, when Doflamingo first did Awakening, he's the first character that ever did it. At least, the first character that ever did it that we knew about. Yeah, uh, that, yeah. When Doflamingo does Awakening, he turned his surroundings into fucking strings. Yeah, entire buildings, the just, earth. They just became strings. So it's not unheard of for an awakening to affect its surroundings. Like, Luffy is affecting other people right now. Yep. And maybe that's how his awakening works. Like, so, so far, we've seen Trafalgar Law's awakening, right? He he does his, like, thing where he puts the acupuncture, or whatever you want to call it, on his blade. And then he stabs you, but it, you don't, it's like a prick. You don't really feel it, he says, but then he can attack your internals, which is ridiculous. Because against... Big Mom. So if it if it if it if it's the power to re- severely damage Big Mom, like she makes a comment that I'm really getting uh, fucked up here, and I'm actually running low on energy. Like she blatantly says, "I'm at my limit." Big Mom says on a panel, "I'm at my limit." She blatantly says she's like Prometheus, Napoleon, whatever. Like she's telling them like, "Yo." Also, she's she extracts life from people because she needs. She's that weak. Yeah. She starts to, she starts to, she says, I even, I'll even use some of my own life at a point. Like she's actually having a hard time. She sucks life out of people, but then she finds out that like, they're not afraid. 
there's a whole thing about that. But the point is that awakenings are very powerful. Clearly, Kaido says, oh, this is what you would call an awakening. Like he kind of introduces to Luffy, like, welcome to the club. Like, he kind of, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. He's like, this is an awakening. Um, so, and, and you saw what kid could do, like the magnetism shit. Uh, he made that gigantic bull. He also made Big Mom magnetize a bunch of steel beams and stuff. Like all, all these crazy feats. You also see it. It's never blatantly confirmed, but I remember after Dressrosa, this is what I went back and assumed. Punk Hazard, how it's been completely terraformed and changed to being fully magma and fully ice. Yeah. I can only assume that's because of Alkaji and um, Akainu, like, awakening. Right? Yeah. Like, it's, it's they obvious that they the also have awakening. Yeah. So. Yeah, like, they were fighting to the death. Like, one of them could have got any... Yeah. They changed the entire landscape of that album. Uh, album. I don't know why I said album. <laughs> Island. Island, yeah. Uh, so Luffy is changing. It looks like people, which is more ridiculous than I would say the other awakening so far, because they've not affected people like this. They've mm-hmm. affected surroundings and things like that. Uh, but this is affecting people. Like literally the people who are watching Luffy fight, their eyes are popping out of their heads as well. Luffy's eyes literally pop out of his head. Kaido and Dragon Form, his eyes pop out of his head. He makes... Yep. Kaido expand to a way that is not actually possible without him dying. He also yep. punches through Kaido's head at one point. Yeah, he punches through his head. And, like, he punches through his head, and when his arm is removed from his head, there's not, like, a hole in Kaido's right. head. Right, there's no blood or anything. So it's very it's very cartoon. Like, it's very tuned for us. He also does this really funny thing from very old cartoons. If you ever watched, like, Tom and Jerry back in the day, uh, there used to be this one mouse that was really strong, and it will bully Tom. Like a like Mighty Mouse, basically. It would just bully Tom. They showed this one scene, and you've seen this in a lot of old cartoons, where a really strong baby-like character would grab something by the tail and slam it left, right, left, right, left, right, up, down, up, down, up, down, left, right, left, right, left, right, and then throw it. Luffy literally, and this is why I know Oda likes American cartoons, Luffy literally does that exact thing to Kaido. They show, there's a panel where he's literally slamming him left, right, and they show the lines going like like it's like a rainbow kind of drawn but mm-hmm. you see lines going left right left right and kaido's being slammed on the ground constantly he uh, also does something that he's never done before he does like a full body gear third because he says like gigant and his entire body gets giant and he fucking grabs kaido and he says like gigant and it's like you know it waits and it's like a couple panels later jump rope and you fucking see Luffy yeah. jump roping with Kaido as he fucking lands on the ground. It's really bad. Kaido gets ruined in this entire thing. Uh, and then the panel, one of my favorite panels is when Luffy's just laughing and it says Gear 5. And it, it's literally him laughing with like a fucking Michael Bay explosion in the background. Like I'm looking at the panel right now. Yeah, yeah. It's after Kaido. So it's right. Kaido shoots the burst breath. Luffy's eyes literally shoot out of his head. He lifts up the ground. They actually show him grabbing the ground and the ground is starting to sh- like stretch like rubber. And he lifts it up. It reflects, which that's not the property of neither the ground or rubber, really. But like he reflects a burst breath, which that's just not actually like a lot. So much of this is just not actually possible, but he does it. He reflects the burst breath. Kaido sees it coming. And then Luffy's just laughing as the explosion happens in the background. And the panel is just literally him with his hands on his eyes. Like, in hysteric laughter. Yep. I love the part where Kaido hits Luffy with his club, and you see Luffy's face, like, imprinted on the club and, like, the spikes of it. Oh, yeah. And, like, what's, what, what is absurd is that what, what it seems like is, like, when Luffy unlocks the full power of his Devil Fruit, when he's in Gear 5th, he is just like, 
abs- like it he doesn't feel pain it seems like like yeah. he's just fucking broken he does say like that really hurts um but he laughs but it doesn't seem like it has any real effect on him it's like yeah like, yeah nigga if that hurt then show it like <laughs> yeah like and that he's just like doesn't seem like it actually hurts there's so much panels where it looks like he's just having fun i cried laughing there's a panel where luffy's like all right i'm not done yet let's go he's like i'm ready and he like melts yeah, yeah and like yeah. the power runs out yeah. and he just becomes an old fucking man he looks terrible. and he's just like and he's like all right i'm done and then <laughs> And then, like, next chapter, or maybe it's in the same chapter, he says, like, like I can st- I can still keep going. He's like, all right, come on, Hart. He's like, I so, want you to beat again. This is back to what I was saying. I Like, I really do think that Luffy, whatever he's doing to himself is, like, doping. They already said, yeah. they kind of haven't talked about it much, but when Luffy first started doing Gear 2nd, they, they were talking about the drawbacks of that. Like, he's accelerating yeah. his heart rate, and, like, I think that this is definitely killing him. Uh... I think his power in general, like I think that the way he fights, the way he does these amps, these buffs, they always seem to be doing heart acceleration. He starts smoking like Oda's not being subtle about it either. Every like major arc Luffy, not every major arc, but in a lot of major arcs, Luffy does something and someone comments on the effects it has on his health with gear second with gear third and then in thriller bark when he come that was the first time he combined gear second and gear third together and i think gecko mori was like you're gonna kill yourself and then like all through impel down like the whole thing through impel down and then like ivankov give him the hormones and then when you go to uh the whitebeard war and luffy's completely done and he like begs ivankov to like inject him with the hormones so that he can keep going and ivankov's like like you're going to die. Like if yeah. I like I'm shaving years off your life if I do this. And he's like, I don't fucking care. I have to save Ace. So yeah, all of that to being said, like, you know, I don't this, think Lucy lives a long life. Yeah, this power specifically to gear five, like gear fifth, is really uh this one seems to be really pushing because I do think he fully died. And then that the fruit like resurrects him in a way. And then, like you said, he had that point where he just kind of melted. Mid-fight, mm-hmm. he just melted. And then he kind of jump starts his heart again, like jumper cables, mm-hmm. which I just can't imagine that that's good for you. Not at all. Like he's pushing far past his limits and Kaido's still fighting fine. Like Kaido's, you know, he's doing the best he can against something that he doesn't quite understand. Like no one does. I'm sure. So it's like, yeah, I don't know. Like he's just attacking like he normally, well, he's doing all these crazy attacks. Actually, Kaido's doing everything. Like Kaido is going mm-hmm. to his, he's going into his uh, hybrid form. He's going into, he's trying to do Thunder Bagwas. He's trying to do Burst Breath. He's pulling out all the tricks. He's doing all kinds of Ragnaroks and Meteorites. And it's just not really. I did like when he was doing like those various moves where it was like, like Drunken Sorrow. Oh, and like, all the, like, like, he was going through all these random moves and forms and shit. Yeah, it was like the stages of being drunk. It was like the sad drunk. I like that too. That was, that was just wild. So. Yeah. Yeah, the Joy Boy thing, Luffy, Gear Fifth, the 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 revelation of his fruit. Um, this blew the internet the fuck open. This is what made me start catching up. There were spoilers for One Piece everywhere. And if anybody knew anybody that was reading One Piece, like they were like, hey man, like you should catch up. There was dude, this got I think it was in Mexico or Brazil. I heard like they literally talked about this on the news, like on the regular news. They talked about One Piece in the new chapter. Um, you couldn't avoid it. Everywhere you went, there, the night the Joy Boy chapter came out, I remember I was so angry because I had read it, but then, or maybe it was like a, two nights later, 
But I was watching some Smash with Frazier, and Tweak was playing, and Tweak's tag was literally Joy Boy. And the Twitch chat was saying, like, Joy Boy, Joy Boy, Luffy is Joy Boy, Joy Boy is back, and all this other shit. And I was so fucking angry, because, like, there was just blatant spoilers. And I was annoyed at Tweak, not that I know him, but I was annoyed at Tweak that he would even make that his tag to, like, incite incite those spoilers because like it just happened and I, there was just the entire internet was talking about it it was fucking everywhere and on my timeline i block people who blatantly spoil things like this so i don't really have any of those on my timeline but what i did see was the people who were respectful they just would post things like oh shit one piece is crazy if you still haven't read it yet you are missing out this is the craziest chapter ever this is so nuts. Oh my God. No one even wrote Joy Boy. Like out of the, my timeline is very curated. While I am friends with thousands of people on Facebook, I only follow so many. Mm-hmm. So I unfollow a lot of people because some of the times it's like, well, this guy doesn't even speak English. I don't know what he's saying. Sometimes it's like, well, this guy just mopes and depresses everyone whenever he writes anything. So I'm following them for that. And some people are just like, I don't really know this person that well. We post pictures of their family, shit like that. And I was like, I don't follow for that. But if you spoil shit, if I don't block you, I'll just unfollow you. Yeah, some people will just be like, a fucking new chapter will come out, and it just came out, and they'll fucking post like whatever the hypest moment of the chapter was. Yeah, so like, like yeah, relax. Yeah, so luckily, I did not get spoiled on this. I didn't actually see, like, I didn't know, I didn't know, first of all, I didn't know Luffy unlocked Gear 5, like Gear 5th. I had no idea that. Mm-hmm. I had no idea this was called Gear 5th. I didn't know that Joy Boy, like, when I got to the chapter where it was like, where Zoe came and was like, Joy Boy's back, I didn't know that that was gonna like that line for me was, <laughs> I was like, what the fuck i was like what the actual <sighs> fuck and i'm looking at these chapters again like i'm looking at 1045 right now there's a part where luffy's fighting kaido and they're fighting like luffy's in the air and he uh this is right after kaido spits him out after he made him uh balloon and everything mm-hmm. he spits him out luffy laughing with his he goes back to his regular laugh she 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 like shi shi repeat it um yep. and then he blows air and flies up into the clouds, like the thunder clouds. And this is the part that Kenny was talking about where he goes, go on, go on, no. And it stops. And it's like question mark. And it's like Luffy. And like, there's nothing for a long time. And then you see like, I guess like Nami and Kaido are both fucking just super shocked when he comes back down. It's like gigant. And his entire body is just insanely so big that Kaido looks small compared to him. He fucking uses Kaido as a jump rope. Like, <laughs> like he he uses Kaido as a fucking jump rope. Yeah, it's wild. So Gomo Gomo no jump rope is wild. <laughs> that is so insane. Luffy's like he is. What's so cool is like obviously that's this is like the really hype, exciting shit that we all love. But also the way it's all woven into the narrative and the story and the build up to it. It's just, this arc has been so good. It is, it is wrapped, it is kind of been the culmination of so many things that were hinted at and teased at prior to this. And when this arc ends, everybody knows that as good as a One Piece arc may be, the end of the arc, when the arc is over, is always the best part. So like when this arc ends oh, and we yeah, leave Wano, yep. brother, I don't know what's going to happen. I really think that it's going to be Nico Robin because Big Mom said capture her and the world government said capture her. So to me, this bitch is as good as captured. And I think it's going to make the next arc. So 
you asked the question, where do we go from here? And I was wondering the same thing because this is such a huge thing, right? Like this is, this is as big as it gets. These are the two emperors of the sea, like the evil ones anyway, like the outside of Blackbeard. He's been missing for a while. These are the two biggest bounty people in the world right now. Like no one has a bounty bigger mm-hmm. than these two people. They're both in the same arc. Didn't expect that at all, especially because we just got big moms. She got a whole arc. She got a whole yeah, we fucking got, arc. That's was that's the other that was like fucked up because we got the whole Cake Island arc and it was hype. But the thing that was really cool with the way that arc ended is it, the big fight of that arc was Luffy versus Katakuri. Yes, and it was the rest of the Straw Hats escaping Big yes, Mom, literally escaping. And so like Oda was like. Well, listen, you guys didn't beat, like, she's still here. Like, yeah, Big Mom's she followed them. Like, she followed Luffy to Wano. And so it's just crazy to me where this is going. But I do think that Nico Robin is going to get captured again. And I was wondering this, and I might be getting a little ahead of myself, but, like, I wonder if one of the Straw Hats would ever die. Like, before Luffy, I mean. I've thought about this. I think, in my head, the only ones that could die are Luffy and Zoro. I can't really imagine. I like Chopper's not going to die. No, Usopp's. Honestly, though, although I, I don't think it would ever happen, like Usopp's not going to die. But I actually could see a dope ass thing where Usopp, like, to save his crew, like he does some crazy shit. And, but he's not like no I one's going to die. I could see something happening to Robin, though. I don't know. I don't think Robin's going to. I think the only ones that can die are like Luffy. Why do you and Zora. think Robin is like in this protected class, though? I just, I think it's one of those, I don't know, I just... Because she already I got saved think, once by Luffy, right? Yeah, I just like don't already, think she's going to she, die. She already got saved once. Okay, do you think that she's getting captured this arc? I don't know. I think it's, I don't know. I don't know if they want it, to, it's hard to say. Because wouldn't, so that, give, wouldn't I would that immediately give the Straw Hat... Again. That, wouldn't that immediately give the Straw Hat something to do, though? Like, right Oh, after, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It would be like a great lead-in to Luffy versus the world government. But here's the other thing. It's it's tough to say because it would be one of the if if Robin got captured, we would be um, we would immediately jump into the next arc. And I feel as though the writing structure of One Piece. Now that said, obviously it could change. The writing structure of One Piece is Oda does like to give you a breather, and usually at the end of a big arc like this, Luffy has a party. Um, so, if Robin gets captured, there's no party. So I, okay, so I agree with that, but I don't think this has a happy ending. This this particular thing that's happening right now, I think this is going to end dark. And what I mean by that is, here's what I think. And obviously, this is all just my theory. I'm just going to say it because yeah, yeah. we're doing there's, a podcast, and I love. There's talk. no way, like we're current. There's yes. no way you could know with yeah. the following chapter. It's not possible. I love this shit so much, and I have these theories because I'm just like everyone else. My theory is that she gets captured, and the world government announces in a newspaper that she's going to be executed. Mm. And that is going to cause a war. Yeah, well, I mean, if that happens, it is a fucking rat. Like, like I, don't, I don't mean that. Uh, so just like Ace, she wouldn't be executed on the spot, right? Like they're going to yeah, announce yeah, yeah. they're going to announce a date that she is going to be executed. And what that's going to do, you know, what's going to do is going yeah. to cause Luffy to act. He's going to go to save her. This is the same exact storyline again with the Ace thing, but now it's his own crewmate. I can literally see them having her. On some Marine Ford shit, uh, like like the Ace thing, I could literally mm-hmm. see Luffy. But this, think about how much has changed, though. Luffy, when oh. he first went the Marine Ford dog, everybody he came across, Mihawk, Kizaru, Akainu, everybody, like uh, I, even Aokiji, everybody he came across was so 
far ahead of him in power. He stood no it chance. Was there was no one on the field that Luffy could beat. Luffy couldn't beat a single person. And now, but now it's, if 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 they have another arc like that again, it wouldn't be Whitebeard's alliance going. It would be the Luffy alliance. It'd be Luffy, yep. Law, Kid. It would, it be, would be fucking yes. uh, Bartolomeo. I think that's the like, coolest thing. Luffy has made all of these great relations, relationships throughout. Hoppo Navy. He's made all these great relationships throughout the story. All these islands that he's visited and he's made peace with these people and these people love him, right? He's vindicated. He saved people. Dress Rosa, right? Like, all the people who used to be toys and shit like that. Like he's done so much in so many different parts of the world. I could literally see when the news comes out, Nico Robbins caption and straw hat Luffy is like, excuse me, straw hat Luffy's on his way to save her that they do rally behind him. And it is, and it is another great pirate war. And the stakes are so different because it's his own crew. That's going to be dead this time or, or set to be killed, but also his power level. He's, technically the strongest character now like i used to wonder how the fuck is luffy ever gonna beat blackbeard or whoever else and now that he has this devil fruit power and everything like okay nothing's off the table for luffy now literally that's true but you know what what's also scary though it's the fact that one piece isn't over yet yeah is that like but blackbeard is, and shanks are going to be absurd but this is like, why they're I think just, it's coming to an end though this is this is why yeah yeah I, I think that luffy's devil fruit I'm not sure where Shanks' real deal is, because didn't Shanks go to the world government about a certain devil fruit person or a certain person? Shanks, we don't know the, con- as far as I remember, we don't know the content of the conversation, but Shanks did go to the Reverie and talked to, I, I believe, the Five Elder Stars. There's also somebody we haven't mentioned yet. Whoever the fuck Eam is, we've, we still haven't seen him, but like he was all black. He was Eam. He was, like, above the world. He fucking goes. There's, like, the throne. There's this whole thing where it's, like, the throne that no king can sit in. And it's just, like, it's called, like, the empty throne. And they give all this lore on how no one ever sits on the throne. And then when everyone's gone, that guy Eam goes, and he sits on the throne, and the five elder stars bow to him. It's like, I don't know who the fuck that guy is, but he's going to be fucked up. Um, Yeah, uh, hmm. So that's my thoughts for what's going to happen. I, I, I mean, again, this is all conjecture. I have no. The idea. other thing with Robin is that I don't know if they even have to, in order to make Luffy mobilize. I don't know if they even have to get Robin because we already know there's something set up with Sabo, and we still don't know what the news on Sabo is. True, it could be okay. So they already they already executed Ace, right? <laughs> and then if they have Sabo. That would be enough to get Luffy to move, but if they end up with Sabo and Nico Robin, it's like <sighs> it's like yo, because I think that the the whole point of Nico Robin is that this is how uh, Laugh Tale. This is another thing that came out. We didn't even talk about Laugh Tale, but no, we, and we and we, honestly, That's what I'm saying. It's crazy, dude. Wano is so fucking dense, and there was so much. Yeah, we've been calling it Laugh Tale this whole time, but it's actually Laugh Tale. Laugh Tale is the final island, and. Robin essentially has the ability to decipher all the poneglyphs and get to it. Like she, she's the key. And Big Mom realized that she doesn't have time for her daughter, her daughter's third eye. She already mentioned because kind of was like, "Yo, don't you already have someone who has that ability to read those?" And she's like, "Yeah, but I don't have time to wait for her special third eye to open." Yeah. So I'm just gonna steal Nico Robin, and that'll be good enough. And uh. So now Robin is like this point of contention because the world government even said the most important person is Nico Robin. 
The world government wants her. And we know the world government has wanted her since she was a child. And they sent She's the CP0. last surviving. Yeah, CP0. She's the last surviving citizen of O'Hara that, you know, studied the world's history and, like, we're trying to uncover the secrets of the history. The voided era so, and shit. So, Nico Robin has a lot going on for herself, and she finds herself in this pickle again where she's going to have to beg for a savior. I don't think she's making it out of this arc without being captured. Um, they've been showing her running into people, and she's been kind of, like, running away and everything and getting to, getting by. But, uh, I don't know. I just I just feel like, because there's a lot of commotion, Luffy's clearly going to be exhausted at the end of this. He's not... I mean, he's, oh, just, he's fighting an emperor. He's fighting... They're not going to let Luffy win this fight, and then, like, be he's going to be out of commission. Someone's going to be carrying Luffy at the end of this. Well, we already saw... So, we already saw when he went gear fifth, when his gear... When he, like... When it ran out, he fucking melted. Yeah. And then he was only able to get up and going again because, like, he was able to re-trigger gear fifth, but when he's done... Because the fight's not over. That's the, that's the only be, real reason. Like, he's just like, I yeah. have to keep going. When the fight's over, Luffy is going to be fucking out. Like, he is going to be down. And it's something that happens in a lot of arcs where Luffy, like, holds on well past his limit, and then, like, when it, when he can finally rest, like, it's over. Like, when he beat Rob Lucci... Like, he was like, my back won't touch the ground again until I beat you. And, like, he beat Rob Lucci, and then, like, he couldn't move. He was just on the fucking ground. Yeah. And Luffy was like, well, I don't know. hope you guys can save me. Yeah, there's a really cool scene I'm looking at, too, in Chapter 1, uh, 1045. And Luffy's doing a jump rope thing. And then Kaido does a blast breath directly in his face. And it burns Luffy. Like, it incinerates him. And his entire body is black. Like, he's covered in ash. Like, he's a burn victim. And then Luffy just kind of, like shakes it off midair uh says like that's the last straw (laughs) a play on words and then he starts doing a cartoon run where his feet are doing like they're kind of spinning real fast and he runs in the air creating like leaving a trail of fire behind him and goes at kaido's like goma goma no and then kaido does like three world conquest ragnarok and then he hits luffy so hard that luffy's head crashes through the fucking mansion and his eyes are popping out and like he scares the shit out of everybody in the mansion like they all get terrified i mean they all eyes pop out travel guard law kid like everybody everybody's eyes literally come out of their face and then you see luffy get like yoinked back in up to the roof uh and then you know him and him and kaido keep going and then he kind of fades off he's like i'm far from done and then you see the form start to disappear another thing is that kaido mentioned because people are, you know how it is. Whenever a chapter comes out, people do their own drawings, their own coloring, I should say. They they color it yeah, themselves. Yeah. And people have been doing all these different, all these crazy colorings. Like they gave him like fire hair, like Luffy. Yeah, everyone thinks that his hair is like Super Saiyan, like Goku. But Kaido yeah. blatantly says this all white form of yours. Yep. So it is still like Goku, which is Ultra Instinct. Yeah. <laughs> they keep putting Super Saiyan. So there's this picture that I this cringe actually. It's Goku. Naruto and then it's Luffy showing up and there you know uh, Naruto's in his QB cloak mode uh, Goku's in Super Saiyan like one and then Luffy is in his gear fifth but his hair is gold and it's like in fl- like on flames yeah yeah I saw a lot of people doing that like a lot of people seem to think his hair is like fiery and gold and stuff like that when and yeah Kaido said mentioned that like his form's all white and you notice like it like his hair turns white, his even his clothes turn white. Yeah, because like you see the color and his clothes get washed out. It reminds me of uh Kingdom Hearts when 
like Sora goes to the one, the Mickey Mouse world, basically. Yeah, yeah, Steve yeah. Steve Willy is like, because that's a that's an old cartoon, right? Yep. So it kind of gives me that vibe. But when he says, I'm far from done, uh, the color starts to come back into his hair, at least. I mean, this is a manga, so we can't tell if the color comes back into his skin and stuff. But we can assume, at the very least, though, the color does come back into his hair. Yeah. Yeah, Luffy, <laughs> this, this new form is kind of crazy. And uh, I'm very excited. It's interesting, too, because... So, Gear 4th, he does, like... So, we saw in Punk Hazard, Virgo, he does a full-body hockey thing where his whole body turns black and in gear fourth luffy does like he uses hockey to like coat hit like parts of his body and like make designs on it and stuff and so i think a lot of people assume that whatever gear fifth would be would be like a full body hockey thing and it doesn't really go that instead of like his whole body becoming black his whole body turns white instead <laughs> yeah. which is kind of funny a cool little thing yeah but, and i'm noticing another thing i didn't notice before so um Kaido's daughter, Odin, says, like, or I guess Kaido's son, Odin says, uh, you know, that is Luffy. He was unrecognizable with his hair and clothes all white like that. Yep. So I don't know why anyone would think anything else. She says, but his voice is still fading quickly. Or Momonosuke actually says that, but his voice, and they, they put quotations around the word voice. Yep. But his voice is still fading quickly. So Momonosuke confirming he still has that, the voice of all things thing going on. And then and Luffy also still confirming that Luffy is like still moving toward death. Yes, constantly. Uh, and then the next panel is Luffy standing up, saying "We're not done yet." And then the color starts to leave his body again. And yeah. then and then his eyes are the only thing that's black in the next panel after that. And then they get filled in with like the cartoony look. Um, and then he goes back into Gear Fifth just fine. And then him and Kaido. Kaido even says like. Luffy's like, yeah, you're right. I'm beat. This is taking a lot out of me. And Kaido's like, yeah, I'm fucking beat too. You know, they're just both super done. Man. Oh, this arc. There's still, it's crazy because it still feels like there's stuff we haven't covered. There but. is. It's too, It's actually so much. I mean, I read 120 chapters. 120 chapters of content. And we're cramming it into a three-hour episode, essentially. Like, it's, it is and Even that, it feels like, it feels like there's, <clears throat> There's so many aspects that we didn't give full detail to yeah. that we could have had full conversations on that were really, really cool. But the good thing but, is we're going to talk about One Piece more, especially once it resumes. Oh yeah, sure. because this That's arc- the thing. Wano at some point is going to end. We're going to talk about it. <laughs> yes. Some point in this. I think it'll end this year. And when it does, we will definitely be doing another podcast on it. Maybe even sooner, depending on what happens in these next couple chapters. So we'll give it a couple chapters, let it breathe a little bit. But depending on what happens, it might call for another podcast episode. Yeah, and Luffy's moving toward Luffy's moving toward that tier where, you know, he can fuck with some characters. So right? I love that. Like he, I already said, moving, I planted though Luffy in the conversations now because he has Toon Force, and people are not going <laughs> to like the characters who I'm going to say he beats now, but he beats a lot of your faves. A lot of your faves lose the Luffy now, so just I just want to see how this fight concludes, because he just punched uh, through Kaido's head. And Kaido is fully on the ground, just like getting fucking ruined. And Luffy's talking about, I'm having a time of my life. Yeah, it's going to be bad. And this is also Luffy's first time doing it. It's going to be bad a hundred chapters from now when like, yeah, he can just do it. Yeah, you know, it's always worse. So at first it's like, okay, he first goes gear for Calderon and all that shit he's doing against uh, Doflamingo. But every time he's done it subsequently has been more ridiculous. Yep. 
It's just, it's just getting more and more ridiculous. So Gear of Fifth, so, they said that the only limitation on that entire Devil Fruit is the user's imagination. Uh, I can't wait. The thing I'm, I think I'm most excited for is just whatever the sound effect is going to be of Luffy's heartbeat in the anime. I do like, wonder that. Do you remember so Gear Fourth when I first yeah, watched yeah, yeah. the actual anime? The bell sound that it makes when he's bouncing, man, like bounce mm-hmm. man. Or bound I didn't know that it was going to sound like that. I had no idea that it had that loud ass chime to it. Yeah, it's like Doo! it's like you, I can't make it. It's yeah. just like a it's crazy sound. Really high pitched though, and it's so cool to me. When I first, I was like, "Oh my god, that makes this even better." It really does. Oh, that form was so sick, and so I just love because in the manga you see when when it when it emphasizes Luffy's heartbeat, like it says, it's like dun da da dun da da, yeah. like. It's just like a little beat happening. Like, I do wonder gonna... how that is going to play out. And then you see the the you know the big ass elephant walking towards. It says, "How nostalgic that rhythm, Joy Boy." Hey, Joy Boy. Yeah, dude, it's gonna be fucking hype. It's exactly right here. How exhilarating! This feels like fate. I can't help but think that we should put our faith in this boy. And then he says, "Who me? I'm Monkey D. Luffy, the man who's gonna surpass you and become king of the pirates." Yep. She's so like, because Kaido's like, "Who are you?" Who the hell are you? <laughs> and Luffy's like question mark. Like, what do you mean? Like, I'm. What are you? I'm Luffy. I'm monkey. Yeah, Luffy. this this arc had a lot, man. I love even uh just to, like kind of go back a small bit, but how I said that I I like the panel where it was like the three of them and they were like when you're on the sea you fight pirates. I like when it's Luffy, Zoro, Kid Killer, and Law on one side, and then Big Mom and Kaido on the other side, and it's like these are the fucking teams. Yeah. Um. And they, and then Luffy kind of just like walks right past them, and he like goes to Kinemon, and he's like, "I'm sorry, I'm late." Ooh, I can't wait to this animate it. I, I, I just can't. Uh, as I'm, yeah, I'm definitely gonna binge it. Like when the anime finishes Wano, I'm gonna binge the shit out of yeah, it. Yeah, this is this is the arc for me. This is this is the arc. Like, I don't know what else to say. I don't know what to tell you guys. I think this is the best arc. I think that the history books will will prove me right. Until obviously, you know, maybe the, maybe the last arc or something would be better. But right now, I'm calling it. This is the best arc. It just has too much. This episode, this doing this podcast episode and actually speaking about it finally, like just taking the cuffs off and talking about it as much as I want. Uh, I think that this arc just has everything Oda has ever written culminating into it. Like it's just everything, everything that's ever been written. It's like this is better than Marine Four for me. This is I saw it be like Marine Four, Marine Four, Marine Four. It like. Th- those arcs are really good. They're still goaded, but this shit, Big Mom, Kaido, Roger, Odin, Rocks Pirates, Mads, uh, st- what smile really means. Like it's it's too much. Kaido, Big Mom is as being young. Yep. Like Animon, Momonosuke, like the, the things. Who's the guy who 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 uh draw makes the shitty drawings, but then he switches Antero. hands. Like and then Denjiro being Kyoshiro, like and and the reason why he turned and he looks like that's out of pure hatred after yeah. o- after Odin died because some people they said that like everyone handles it differently and he went into seclusion and he said they were like what happened to you he was like hatred yep like pure unadulterated hate like this man hated so bad he hated Orochi so bad that he fake pledged fealty to this man so that he could be close to him for this day. Yeah, it was he's being driven by hatred. And that's how, look, some, that's how some people handle it. Like I, no, it's, that's my, real. My motivation is literally like vengeance. Like <laughs> I am, I am vengeance. Speaking of which, uh, 
Batman is now HBO Max for you. So wait, say that again. The new Batman movie. It's on HBO. Oh wait, it's on HBO. Yeah, it just came on HBO this week. Oh shit! Like Monday. It, it oh sick! On. I'll definitely check that out. Yeah, because sometimes they take them off after a little bit, which is kind of annoying. So like, catch it before it goes off. Of yeah, yeah. HBO Max. I definitely will. Side note: We didn't mention this is, I think, a super important moment that we didn't mention yet. I just want to quickly mention it before okay. we end up wrapping up. But the part where, and this happens with like every member of the Straw Hat crew at some point, and I love it so much. But the part where um, Ulti. The the one like dinosaur girl, she has like the the hammerhead. Yeah, she constantly headbutts people. Called, yeah, and she headbutts people, and she like tells Nami, she's like, say like say Luffy can't do it, say that he won't be the pirate king, and that like he'll lose <laughs> to Kaido, and like Nami is about to like break, and and Usopp's like just say it, like she's going to kill you. Yeah, save um, your life. And Nami's like bleeding out of her head, and she's like crying, and like she's about to like renounce Luffy, and then like she can't do it. And she looks up and she's like, Luffy is, and then like, they try to play it up as if she's going to say like, he's like too weak. But yeah. then she says like, going to be king of the pirates. She says and he's not going to stop until he's king of the pirates. And she, and then yeah. he says, what the fuck? Why would you say that? And she's like, cause it's true. <laughs> and I was dying when she said, cause it's true. She's like crying. Cause she's going to be killed. Oh, uh, that dude, was it's good. such a beautiful scene, man. Cause I love I love like the loyalty and the camaraderie between the straw hats and yes. just like, it's so good. And so seeing that moment and then from what I heard, this is one of those things that gets kind of lost in translation, but from what I heard the original Japanese text of it, the way it's written, it's written in a way where if you read it, it does sound like she's about to say that Luffy can't do it. Mm. And then like the end of the sentence changes the meaning of the beginning of the sentence. One of those like, cool ways Things the japanese only, language works. only japanese can do yes yeah a lot of puns so, a lot of play on words laugh tail and raft tail yeah yeah so like that's the what i found out was that like that word was just written and then a lot of times like in japanese they'll have like clarification and so like it was written and he and oda never clarified how it's per, supposed to be pronounced and he never corrected anybody and so like it could be red raft tail it could be let red laugh tail and then the oh and every time he wrote Laugh tail in one piece. He always just wrote it without the clarification above it. And then in the Roger flashback or Odin flashback, it was the first time ever that he wrote it and then wrote the clarification above it so that it was like officially confirmed to be uh Laugh Tail. Which is wild. Laugh Tail is insane, especially with the whole Joy Boy thing. Yeah, and, and then that's he's laughing about everything. It's also cool to because I don't think this was confirmed at first, but Roger's the one that names the final island. It, it was always referred to as the final island. Roger gets there, and then he sees whatever he sees. We don't get to see it, but we get the beautiful panel of Roger's face, and there's, like, tears in his eyes, and he's laughing. And he's like, and, and it's like, we all laughed. And then he names the island Laugh Tail. And it's like, dude, what is on that fucking island? Before we wrap up, then, I do want to say one of the craziest theories that I read about what the One Piece is, because you know there's a ton of those. Um, And I I actually really like this one, and it actually solves a lot of things. And I'm just going to summarize it as much as I can. But basically, they were saying that, so you know Shirahoshi, she has the power to, like, uh, energize and control the Sea Kings. Mm-hmm. and she's basically an ancient weapon herself like she herself yep. is she's neptune i think yeah she is a weapon um so they were saying that the one piece is going to be something that can be used to like destroy the grand line or like the red line or whatever and basically mm-hmm. make all the oceans combine into one 
And like that, it, that will be one piece at the end of it. And it'll be like the all blue, like one C uh, for, you know, like Sanji has been talking about all blue and stuff. Like he wants that to be a reality where you can get everything um, from one ocean. You don't have to cross over into all these different, like East blue and all that. Like there, there will be none of that. Yeah. Um, so I heard that theory. I thought that was really cool. Just like, yeah, that the red line. Yeah. I heard like, I think I heard that theory as well. Yeah. I think Some it might be, think po- the it might red- be a popular one. Some people think the red line, which is the 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 mass of land that goes all the way around the planet, um, is somehow man made or uh, you know constructed to be that way or whatever. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I heard that, uh, you know, at the end they might destroy it to yeah, like make they, the all blue yeah or, or like move it in a way where there is one big ass ocean, and then also that would also be like Luffy's dream too, because then he could just go anywhere freely, right? Like. Every island is just like you don't have to do anything. You can just go to any island. Like they're all just yep. there in one big ass ocean, um, which would be like one piece. Technically, like yeah, yeah, one one thing, uh, all blue. So I, I think that's a really cool theory. No clue what it actually is, but I think that Oda has known it for a very long time. And even if, so I, I think I said this a long time ago. But if I haven't, I'm gonna say it on this podcast. I don't think Oda is one of those annoying or petty people that if people figured it out, that he would change it. Like I, no, not I don't. At all. I don't peg him as the type of person that if like if the community genuinely found out from hundreds, not hundreds, but like years of he's research, not the people. Game of Thrones. Yeah. TV. Yeah. They basically pretty much admitted that like. Well, everybody kind of guessed that Jon Snow was the chosen one, so we changed it. Like, yeah, oh, okay. like at the end, Jon Snow just didn't do anything, right? In that last arc, yeah. I mean, he 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 didn't do a single thing, and so they it, it just it's like okay, so what that we understand, like that's fine. That shouldn't change how you write, though. Like I don't think that that if your writing is just influenced by what the readers think, that's not good writing to me. Like you're telling yeah. the story, we're here I to consume it. I think even if somebody guessed everything correctly oda wouldn't change it because as i understand it oda's been writing like okay so one piece is 26 years old at the moment yeah. in terms of official publication but he's in interviews etc he's talked about like he's been writing one piece since he was a child like since he was a kid in school he's been like drawing one piece and like writing out the story and like coming up with the ideas like think about when you were in school and you would daydream and think about shit yeah. that's what oda did but he carried that dream and he didn't stop. And then he was able to make, like he made it his job, et cetera. So he is attached to the story in a way that I think is different from a lot of people. And I, I don't think he's going to be changing it for, for, because you guessed it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So even if everyone guesses it, I think that um, no matter what the one piece turns out to be, he also confirmed for people who are wondering that it is a tangible thing. Like it's not going to be the journey that you have with your Not friends. like your friends. Yeah. Yeah. Some people are like, oh, one piece at the end of it is just going to be like the journey. And that's what everyone laughs at. It's like, oh, it's just a reflection. It's a, it's a big ass mirror. And you just get to see your friends and everybody, all the pirates you came with. Like, no, it's not that. It's actually legitimately a thing. And, uh, but Roger said that he was too early. Uh, yeah. We were too early. I think that, so- that line means something that has a lot of weight. I don't quite know what it means yet. But just knowing that Roger was born. Or I should say, Roger knew he was going to die before Neptune's daughter. Is that his name? The Fishman Island. Yeah, King Neptune. King Nuts. Before Neptune's daughter was ever born, a fortune teller is saying like she's going to have this ridiculous power. Um, like when is she going to be born? It's like around two years from now. And he was like, "Damn, like it's kind of sucks. I'm gonna die too early." 
Yeah. yeah. So that it's... that whole thing and Luffy's in time for it though. He met her and she has an affinity for Luffy too. Yep. Yeah, they like each other. So it's it's going to be really interesting to see where it goes because this is something he's been building up to for a long time and also just like another thing where Oda like um before One Piece there was Romance Dawn and he did like uh there's also something called Monster. He did like one shots like essentially in trying to get one piece public uh like in publication mm. and in early revisions of super early one piece you see garp and luffy really early on like in a super early like beta chapter garp is the one that gives luffy the straw hat um so b- from all the way back then garp would, like that character design was always luffy's grandfather uh so when he introduced garp that's why when garp gets introduced in one piece he wears the dog mask that covers his face because it's the exact same design, but he like hid Garp's face so that people that read his old stuff mm. didn't know it was Garp yet. So that when he took the mask off, and now he never wears the dog mask again. But, but like Garp was always Luffy's grandfather, and that was never going to change. I love stuff like that. Well, this has been an amazing episode. We are approaching the three-hour mark. It'll be a little less after I'm done editing it. But I really enjoyed this conversation, Kenny. And yeah, dude, it was a lot of fun. It sucks, man, because like. It just sucks because it's great. That's why it sucks. Yes. Because there's so much more, and it's like, whatever. But we'll we'll talk about it again. So Yes. So our next episode, I think we're gonna I think we're gonna be on break um for next Monday. Oh, sorry about that. Uh this next episode is going to be about the Queen's Gambit. So I started rewatching it. I posted on Facebook about it last night. I already finished five episodes of it, and it's only seven. Uh it's amazing. It's still just it hits just as good, if not better watching it again uh so we're going to do an episode on that i really want to get that out and yeah i think kenny liked the queen's gambit a lot too right i watched it i don't know like six months ago i watched it relatively recently but not recently yeah and you probably watched it really quickly as well and i'm assuming i watched it i'm pretty sure i watched it in a night as i do and i'm assuming you loved it too because this shit is just crack like it's just such a good story yeah it's a really addicting it's it's it was really, it was really easy to keep watching. The main also, character is so fucking cool. Like, if you played any games competitively in your life, this character, she's like an anime character, basically. Yeah. Also, it feels longer than like the episodes it really feel does. long. They really like they're an hour long. I even checked because dog, I remember they're, they feeling so much longer than an hour. They all feel like individual movie episodes. Yeah, it's crazy. But they're all an hour long, and it's just one of the greatest stories. I've ever seen like it's in my so I have the Queen's Gambit in my top ten TV shows of all time. I think it's that good. Mm. It's up to like Mad Men, Game of Thrones, um, like you know Homeland. I have a lot of stuff in my top ten shows of all time, but uh, that show Queen's Gambit, which came out recently, relatively compared to a lot of the other stuff in my yeah, top like, ten, three years ago. Yeah, maybe? like it's it came out around the like during the pandemic. I feel like um, it it's in my top ten because. It is genuinely, especially for me, like somebody who's competitive and someone who's a nerd, it is, it's like candy to us. It's fucking catnip to us. Like, it's such mm-hmm. a good story. So that's the next podcast episode for all those who are wondering. So we will be back, uh, I Dude, guess, next Thursday for that. Did you hear about Xenoblade 3? Yeah, it's coming out May 30th now, and or July. June, June, June th- yeah. Wait, no. It comes out, like, it can't be exactly, it can't exactly be June a month before Monster Hunter. That's what it, so is, so is May 30th. Because Monster Hunter comes no, out Monster Hunter July. Monster Hunter's June 30th. Oh, no. Yeah, you have a month to play Xenoblade. I don't 
I don't know if I do. I think it's June. I think it comes out in June. Oh, no. All right, they don't come uh, out on the same day. Uh, I hope not. I'm just going to keep saying it because I don't want it to be true, but I'm pretty sure. But regardless, Xenoblade 3 is randomly just coming out so fucking It's soon. coming out a month after Monster Hunter. It's coming out July 29th. Okay, and so Monster Hunter comes out in June. June 30th, so that's a, they're a month apart. They're 30 days apart. Okay. Okay, okay, cool, 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 cool. So that's what's actually happening. So we'll play Monster Hunter for a month. I know you have to play this game. I uh, have to play this game. This yeah, game is... You and like ha- half of the world have to play Xenoblade 3. So I will probably be likely watching you guys play this. Um, I don't think I'm going to play it because I still haven't played the first one fully yet. But And I know that they're like an anthology technically. Like You don't need to play the other ones to enjoy any of them. But uh, That said, in the trailer for this one... There's a character from the first one, and there's a character from the second one in the trailer so, for this for this third one. Yeah. Which you can play like the second one and the first one are independent, but there's things that you see between the two, but you don't really need to play either one. But this third one blatantly had a character from the first one in it and a character from the second one in it. And I was like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah, that's hype. So yeah, Monster Hunter is coming out. We're going to be doing content on Monster Hunter as well. Um, oh, for sure. That's going to be, yeah, that's going to be a really big thing. So Sunbreak is going to be cracked. I so. can't wait for Sunbreak. And yeah, um, as I always, say guys, do the things that make you happy. We just crossed three hours, so enjoy this. This podcast has right. been nothing short of amazing for us, and we hope to see you back. And yeah, check out our Patreon, YouTube, and all that stuff. Kenny, any closing words before we get out of here? Read One Piece. Read One Piece. And kiss your mom.